This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up what you want if you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Lots to talk about, as always. I don't know if we mentioned this story on Saturday, but you had it, and we should probably get to it, Mark. It's about library books. And how extreme things can really get if you don't bring them back on time. It's it's not very it's not very long, but it's shocking nonetheless. Okay. From the Associated Press, a uh, from Grafton, Wisconsin, a Grafton woman has been uh, arrested and booked for failing to pay her library fines. Arrested and booked. Heidi, whatever, 20, told the uh, news graphic in Cedarburg. Cedarburg must be the. Uh, the big uh, metro near Grafton. She, <laughs> she ignored the library's calls and letters, as well as a uh, notice to appear in court. Still, mm. she was surprised when officers with a warrant knocked on her door. She figured, what's, what's the worst that could happen? They're just overdue library books. Sure. Yep. Uh, they cuffed her and took her to the police station to be fingerprinted and photographed. Now, someone could say, Mark, that this is, you, you know, she signed up for this library card. She knew that there were going to be consequences for not paying the the fines or not you know if you don't get your books or if you don't get the books back on time they probably fine you and if you don't pay the fines they probably come after you and she probably knew in advance that this was a possibility yeah i think that uh, people um assume that the punishment is going to be uh you know make sense as far as the crime goes and everything like that and yeah. i to me this and it is, doesn't in this case. well it 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 sort of does when you look at the costs it's not incredible well, um, the cost of what well, what she was forced to pay what was she forced to pay? I missed that. Well, you, I didn't tell you because oh, okay. you interrupted in the middle of the damn story. I didn't interrupt. I commented. Yeah, whatever. Uh, anyway, I'll finish up real quick. Police Captain uh, Joe Garbish uh, says that the officers followed the same procedure with every warrant. Library uh, Director John Hansen said a couple of dozen people are cited each year for failure to return materials or pay fines. The incident cost uh, Heidi here about 30 bucks for overdue paperbacks. Paperback, uh, 30 bucks for the overdue paperback, White mm-hmm. Oleander and Angels and Demons, which I have read, and her uh, mother nearly um, $172 uh, for her out of court, or for her court custody, for, to get her out of custody, excuse me. So, 200 bucks. Now, I'm not saying that I think 200 bucks is fair or anything like that. It seems high, but at the same time, it's not, it's not the most egregious thing I've ever seen as far as uh, the government. What I think that this is most about is... You know, just taking these fingerprints and your picture and booking you and, and you know, making getting you part of the system, mm-hmm. all, that's no big deal. No big deal. We're just, you know, that's just a matter of course. Do you understand? No. Where, where, what, are you, what are you getting at? Well, they booked the woman and they fingerprinted the woman. Now she's she got a criminal a record. She stole books. She, she didn't, though. She, that, she, that's not the definition of stealing, according from a legal sense. If someone hands, if I hand you my car keys and say you can borrow my car Until and you don't give it day? back. Nope. Well, well, you got to the end of the week to borrow the car. After that, if you don't bring them back, you've stolen the car. I don't right? think so. I, I I can't tell you for certain. You've certainly from, broken from your a, agreement. You have broken the agreement. I think that it's a civil issue at that point, not a uh, breaking the issue. agreement. And that at that point results in you not having your property anymore. And when you were expecting to have your property, so it's there's been some legal minutia there that I don't quite uh, that I can't quite tell you. I can tell you that if I hand you my car keys and say you can borrow my car, um, that in fact you have not stolen it. If you decide not to give it back, um, what do you? Call that it's not stealing 
You didn't steal the car. Stealing but the car is going into the car and stealing it. I don't it. know if I agree with that. I mean, if Look, you, I'm if only you telling take you a legal definition, man. Person, See, that's theft. Understood. But you don't get the same kind of treatment in court as the government does. Right. The government, you know, they lend a book to somebody and they don't give, bring it back. It's stealing. You lend something to somebody and they don't bring it back. It's not stealing. I believe that is still stealing. If I lend I understand somebody, what if you're I saying. lend you money, you're talking about from a moral standpoint. I agree with you. That's what stealing's about. You're, from uh, you're a moral depriving standpoint. somebody of their property. Don't act like the law doesn't exist, Ian. I'm talking to you about I'm not a talking legal about issue. The law. I am. I'm defining it. As, uh, from a legal standpoint. Well, I don't care about the legal definition of stealing. I care about the real definition of stealing. I don't do business in legalese. I understand. I concur with you that uh, borrowing something of, of value, of you know, of, especially of great value like a car, for longer than you said you were going to, a lot longer okay. than you said you were going I'm to, is in fact stealing. I, don't I think am the... telling you, however, that the government does not find it, define it as stealing, but they Fine. do define it's it as business. stealing if it's their stuff. Sure. That I understand. And I uh, I feel like you know, this certainly isn't the best story as far as government being evil. Well, but it, it would be if this show wasn't rife, if we couldn't find every single day <laughs> huge incidents. $200 for yeah. overdue library books. People would be like, oh, my God, that's crazy. Arresting somebody, dragging them out of their right. house. I, I think it was uh, overdone. I think that certainly if she signed an agreement saying she'd have the books back or she would pay a penalty, then she certainly understood that that was what was going on. But to go and arrest her for it, I think the real issue here is... How much money did the government spend to try to bring this so-called criminal to justice? I mean, they had to probably pay the cops. You know, it cost a certain amount of gas. They had to investigate the situation. Well, the cops would have been on duty anyway. Cops would have been on duty. That much is true. But you still, you have to wonder. I mean, how much money did it really cost them when all was said and done to go through this process of enforcing on this one lady? Uh, I, I couldn't tell you. It doesn't sound... It doesn't sound like it's a real big deal, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's way too much money. Toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. And how would it work with a private library? What would a private library do differently uh, in this case? Now, there are private libraries out there. They are completely funded by the people that are interested in attending them and, and utilizing their services. So what, do you, what does a private library do in that case? Obviously, you can suspend the privileges of the individual to borrow any other books. A lot of books, um, I, you know, different libraries are different, but a lot of uh, books are just donated to the library. So they didn't yeah. lose much of anything, you know? Right. I mean, I'm not – I guess you, they did lose the book, but it's not $200 or $100 per book. No, certainly not. Uh, Certainly, you could perhaps have a private library that may have a deposit. I mean, you if somebody you may have to have a credit check before you could get a, an account at a private library. I mean, depending on how many people are stealing books, they may put down more and more restrictive. I think a ten dollar deposit uh, would be. I, I, I would totally agree. A ten dollar deposit is entirely reasonable for just about anybody. If you don't have the ten bucks, you can come in here and read our books. Um, you can't leave with any, but if you right. if you don't mind slapping down ten bucks, we'll give you a library card and you can borrow some of these. Or or maybe a little bit more than that. I mean. It, Again, it depends on how many books they're having stolen. You know, what's the loss control department have to say about the overall cost of losing books to theft? Uh, you could certainly uh, send out some collections notices or something like that if it was a significant amount. And you could always ding reputation. You could always uh, re- register some sort of complaint with a reputation ratings company against that person if they'd been warned and they'd been asked to return it several times and they hadn't done anything. Suspend their privileges at the library. Well, collect their. Uh, it's, it's a credit. I mean, it would be a credit issue to some extent. I mean, they're loaning you the yeah. book, and um, they absolutely could hit your credit score. Right.
So I think those that's would all something be, that exists today. Those would all be market-based ways of handling the situation, which wouldn't cost hundreds of dollars. You wouldn't have to involve men with guns to go and arrest somebody over it. It would just all be economic. It could all be solved in the marketplace. 800-259-9231. Let's go to your calls about what you want and start with Mark in Indiana. You are on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mark. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, what's on your mind, Mark? Not much. I was talking with a guy over the weekend, and uh, we got to talking about stuff, and he was... um. I guess he's in the, you know, Patriot movement. We were talking about 9-11 and all that stuff. And uh, we were talking about, you know, the programs, hosts we listen to, and networks and all that. Um, but it kind of gets complicated. Can you guys kind of explain this? Um, for instance, I know, you know, what affiliates are. Like, for instance, there's probably 15 to 20 stations, whatever, in Indianapolis, you know, um, that are political, you know, talk radio, rock and roll and all that. But okay. then there's, like, you know, GCN. There's um, uh, We the People Radio Network and all that. Can you guys... You guys know that well, lab and how. Do you, you want to understand the structure of radio syndication? Yeah, kind of. Okay, well, you've got program providers, uh, you've got program content like Free Talk Live, and then... So that's, uh, a, that's a show. We, right. we, we own a show, show um, or, or some big radio company like uh, Westwood One might own a show. Um, I believe they used to, ha- they used to well, have... Well, let's explain our England. setup, and then we can set up, explain the rest of the, the people. We do things differently than some of the other shows out there, like the Rush Limbaugh's or the Laura Ingram's and these other big shows. So Free Talk Live is owned by Free Talk Live. And then we have an agreement with the Genesis Communications Network. That's our syndicator or our network, whatever you want to call it. Or you might call it a syndicate. Syndicate. True. And they take our program, they add some of their commercials to uh, the mix, and they put it up on the satellite. Then the satellite broadcasts it down across North America, and different affiliates, radio affiliates, pick up the signal from the uh, Starguide 3, which is the receiver that they use to pull down the satellite signal, and they rebroadcast it. So that should explain that. We're going to bring it back, and we'll explain how the uh, Rush Limbaugh's of the world, Don Imus, for instance, they're a little different, their agreements. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free. So enjoy those on us, including the bulletin board system. You can get interactive with over 375,000 posts. There's a whole lot to talk about there, and it's all free at freetalklive.com. Hey, what if a socialist becomes a pre- uh, president of the United States of America? John McCain, President Barack Obama, the North American Union, unconstitutional gun and drug laws, a national ID card? What's your trigger point? If it happens, what will you do? The Free State Project participants choose what event will trigger their move to New Hampshire to join the fight for freedom. Check it out at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. As we bring Mark back in Indiana, talking a little bit of shop. Mark was curious as about the uh, the terminology that we utilize uh, from time to time on this program. You know, what is a, an affiliate versus a network? Uh, how does that all work? What's that that whole radio syndication scene all about? And as we explained, Free Talk Live is a program. We are a show, and we have an agreement with our network or our syndicate, which is GCN, and they put us up on the satellite. Uh, and then the radio stations, our affiliates, pull it down from the satellite. Most of the other shows in the business, though, are owned wholly by the companies that are their syndicates. So Rush Limbaugh, he doesn't own his own show. 
Premier Radio Networks owns Rush Limbaugh's show. Premier also owns the Glenn Beck program. Westwood One owns a variety of programs out there. Jones is also, I think Jones just got bought, bought by Dial Global. But So there's a handful of radio syndicators uh, or, or networks out there. And Those are the big boys. 90% of them own all of their content. There are a handful that have kind of independent deals like we do, uh, but most of them own straight out. Right, and owning the Rush Limbaugh show doesn't mean uh, much more than uh, basically... He, you can't do the Rush Limbaugh show without Rush Limbaugh, so they, sure. they don't own him or anything like that. But it just affects the, to some extent, what he can say, what he can't say, and and how he can do his show, and you know those those kind. They of things. are in. They control his content. If you know to the extent they want to, to the extent that Rush has allowed them to, it would be foolish. Contractually, uh, they own the show. Yeah. So okay. So with a contract, you can say pretty much how much, um, or each side can dictate, you know, negotiate how much freedom. The show, like you guys would have, you guys got on like a major network, like Clear Channel or something like that. Uh, no, Clear, Channel, not... Clear Channel is actually mostly a radio station owner, so they are at, on the other end of the equation. Um, well, no, no that's they not own, true. They own Premier Clear Channel too. owns Premier, so Clear Channel owns Rush Limbaugh, basically. It's true. And so, no, if Clear Channel came to me tomorrow or whoever. TRN, which is the, the company that owns Laura Ingram and Michael Savage, if TRN or Clear Channel or any of those syndicates came to me and said, we'll pay you big money if you just come on over to our network, I'd turn them down because I'm not interested. And this in... is a point of contention between Ian and myself. <laughs> I would like to make that clear. Yeah, Mark wants to make the quick buck. Uh, but I know that uh, we're in this for the long haul and that we'll make money, plenty of money down the road. We're profitable now, so why would I yeah, even well, be what, interested in selling I guess the, the show? point of contention, um, yeah, I can kind to see that there will they tell you to kind of sell out your principles or they could tell you whatever they wanted to tell you once they, could, they the uh, show you know i it's I, I would suspect more it would you know we would we would put a clause in the contract that said something to the extent of we can say whatever we want and then they'd come to us and be like oh well we don't know about that i don't i you know either they'd sign the contract or they wouldn't and then likely they would and then just later they'd come along and say you know that part where you're talking about no government at all we find that very disturbing. Or, you know, your your stances on religion, mm, that's, uh, yeah, we that's not good. So they re- really try to guide more than anything. So does that make sense? Any other questions, yeah, Mark? I've, uh, well, I've heard some of the, um, you know, other networks, GCN, Voice of America, we the People Radio Network, and it's obviously smaller, you know, um, like in the New World Order movement, it's kind of a lot of these Protestant ministers and stuff, they get up and talk and, um, or just, you know, regular radio talk show hosts. And the commercials, you can tell they're not mainstream at all. It's not mm-hmm. You know, Coca-Cola, McDonald's, and storable right. foods, and all this other stuff. Um, so that's—I I guess that's like a point of contention with you guys. And Mark, you'd kind of like to get out there more. Ian, you'd like to stay more in the. Um, well, I mean, out. certainly, if we sold the show, to we a- both want the show to be big. Um, Ian wants the, Ian wants total and complete control over show content. The way the the way Ian and my um, situation works is that he controls what goes on in the show. I control what goes on in the commercials. So we both have our own billowack there, and it's it's worked very well. As, as scared as I get about show content and Ian's uh, extreme political views, uh, by extreme I mean on the fringe. I guess he's not you know trying to hurt anybody or anything. So you know I always get scared of those things, and scared money's no money. So I, you know, so I, yeah, I could see that. I could see Ian's point probably a little more. But um, is there a point they would? You guys think they would contact you at all, or? Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, they know we're out here and we're on some Clear Channel stations. The the VP of uh, Clear Channel's 
talk uh, news and talk. Uh, Gabe Hobbs added us to WFLA in Florida, which is their and that's one of their big stations. So I mean, they're well aware of who we are. I don't know if they're going to come to me with an offer or not. But if they came to me with an offer of a bunch of stations and a bunch of money, I'd, I'd turn them down because you know I know we'll get to this, the hundreds of stations eventually, and I'm not looking to leapfrog over any of, any of those steps by selling out my show and control over over the content. I mean, once you've worked for yourself, you don't want to go back and work for somebody right. else. Sure. <laughs> so, so we'll we'll take it slow and slow and steady wins the race. And I thank you for the call, Mark. Hopefully we cleared right. that up for you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Slow is, and steady wins the race. It's slow true. Slow and steady wins the race. We're How many here. times have I heard that in my life? Well, here we are. The show is opportunity profitable. knocks, and you got to answer, my friend. <laughs> I mean, I've got a cliche for every cliche you've got. Let's continue. Doug is on the line in uh, the airport, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Doug, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, I'm actually at the Minneapolis, St. Paul airport. Yes, that's what I said. And I, uh, uh, well, first of all, I wanted to see if I could do a quick show medley. Three, three voices of common Free Talk Live listeners. Hey, hon. Liberty. <laughs> Mark. Okay, I'm done. That's cute. So okay, you who got? they were? Uh, uh, Paula, John, Dave, and John. John. Yeah. That's right. All right. Okay. Anyway, hey, I came through the uh, security checkpoints here, and I, I always do several things to flaunt the TSA to make sure that they you know, aren't following their own rules. So this time I came on, and as usual, I never take off my belt, ever, never have. Hmm. I um, don't take any change out of my pocket. My keys I'll take out, but the change I won't. Hmm. And then I started um, doing some quick flights, so I'm carrying my carry-on baggage with me. And you're supposed to have, you know, nothing over 3.1 ounces. Right. Yeah. I saw that they did not remove my tube of toothpaste, which was nearly double that. It was six ounces. And I oh my gosh! The it. nation is in jeopardy. Six whopping yeah. terrorist ounces. What? A, what will happen right. to our homeland? I don't know, man. But I'm really scared about this fight I'm about to get on because if <laughs> I could do it, who else could have done it? You know, it's crazy. Yeah. Doug. There you okay. go. Good point. Thank you, Doug, and good luck with your flight. Hope you don't run into any trouble from those goons. 800-259-9231. I think what he's pointing out, um, pointing out here is the, that uh, people don't like inconsistency. It'd be one thing if the TSA, in fact, you know, kept all the uh, four-ounce bottles of hair gel off of the mm-hmm. planes, but they do a very poor job. Um, the lighters are the one thing that uh, is actually legally not allowed on the plane. The Congress passed some kind of law or something. And... That's so. I was told by a TSA agent. I haven't looked it up. Yeah, uh, but you know, I get I, I get lighters through every single time because I'm all. I always really? put a light. I almost always have a lighter in my uh, backpack. Gotcha. And uh, I, you know, hopefully, I remember to grab some matches. If not, I'm you know un- unhappy when I get to my hotel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, it's it's inconsistent. They just fail to get these things, and and Americans know. Well, this could have been a buck knife. The toll-free number here for you is 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Oh, and there was an additional idea about the uh, the private library and how a private library could ensure its safety as far as stolen books are concerned. And uh, we'll share that with you here in a moment. Also, take your calls about anything. It's your show, Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 
And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us, including the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download right there from the front page of the website. Going back for an entire year totally for free. Again, freetalklive.com. Travel less and meet online. Try WebEx free. Save yourself some gas. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600 to start your free trial of WebEx. That's WebEx, W-E-B-E-X.com. Use the promo code 600 to start your free trial of WebEx today. Uh, real quick, we ta- started out the hour, Mark. You'd mentioned a story about a lady being arrested for having a handful of overdue books Maybe even one or two. I don't even know. Two. Two? Uh, just a couple overdue books at the library. She ended up getting arrested, having to pay court costs, as well as uh, like a couple hundred dollar fine on top of that. And we're talking about maybe, well, what would it be like if we had private libraries? What uh, what could be some ways that a, a business owner who was running a private library could cover his butt and make sure that he didn't have too much theft going on? And we suggested a couple of uh, possibilities, including you know putting a de- uh, like a cash deposit down. Uh, and somebody else in the chat room had suggested uh, having a credit card number on file as well. That's kind of one of the ways that like a Blockbuster or another rental sort of company uh, will do that, whereas they'll have your um, credit info, and then if you walk away with one of their products, then they can just run the charge through, and they're good to go. I I, I understand what you're saying, like how a business would work as a uh, you know the the library business, but I just don't think that there that these business models for libraries are very viable because there's not a lot of uh, money in them people you know there's just not a lot of money to be made from well, there are private libraries there are private libraries i don't think they make much money Maybe. i think they're run on foundations and that kind of thing and i think that's where okay. libraries are going to get their uh, you know their their legs from somebody says you know i want people to be able to read books and mm. i'm going to leave millions of dollars to yeah. this library and they're going to run on that and and you know i'll grant you that they probably won't run as efficiently as a business that was trying to provide you know lending to people but i just don't think there's enough profit in the the business there's just too much work and in, uh, involved in a library and keeping books on shelves where people can find them and things like that so i think that most libraries would in a free market system if we you know didn't fund the uh, lending of books through the coercive means like yeah. the local municipal government would be, you know, done by foundations and things like that. I know that the uh, the it probably prob- probably the lefties out there say say to themselves, oh, those the people they are just not generous enough to give money like that, and that's just the most ludicrous nonsense. thing. Nonsense. It's nonsense. Um, all it happens. There's people, a private it, library. It, it in happens. Vermont. It happens all the time. Uh, you know, uh, Carnegie. Look at that guy. I mean, <laughs> everything yeah. out there is uh, funded by that guy. Uh, well, when you've got a lot of money, then it doesn't really matter what you do with it. You can give it to all kinds of causes. Absolutely true, and it only it's, it says more about the speaker in those um, instances than it does about humanity. When you say the speaker, you mean the person saying, "I don't think people will get money." Right, and that it really does. Yeah, um, meaning I won't give money. Mostly, is that what mean? when you hear those statements, they mostly come from people on the left end of the uh, the political spectrum. Mm-hmm. The, and um, statistically, they just don't give as much well, money. Yeah, statistically, lefties don't give as much money as uh, righties do. So really, what that speaks of is lefties, because. Um, you know the conservative types; they give a lot of, um, you know, a lot more money than uh, than liberals do. Let's go to your phone calls. You can bring up anything. I wonder if uh, the liberty-oriented people give more or less than liberals or conservatives. I, I don't know. I think they make less in general. Yeah, that may be true. Well, let's go to your calls. Tom is on the line in New Hampshire. You are on Free Talk Live. Hello, Tom. Yeah, I was just reading a while ago a story on the internet about an immigration raid out in the Midwest, and when uh, the first person noticed that uh, 
the immigration goons were there. Somebody went on the PA system to announce, Salvan says, los que pueden la migra. Okay, uh, and of course, everybody made a mad dash like there was a fire. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like everybody piling out fire exits and out windows. And, I mean, all of the undocumented immigrants, that is. And some of them got away. They, uh, some of them ran to the sanctity sanctuary of a nearby church. Mm-hmm. What I want to mention to everybody, to spread the word where you work, if there's a possibility of an immigration raid and undocumented immigrants getting nabbed there, and start spreading the word there, if that should happen, even the U.S. citizens should pile out the windows and out the fire exits and make a mad dash. Because they'll get snatched up just like everybody else. They'll get snatched up, but while they're chasing you, Jose gets away. Mm. Yeah, that's a good See? point. So that's what, and when it happens, be sure to remind your co-workers, look, while they're chasing you, she gets away. Okay, so that's uh, the point that I wanted to spread the word uh, kind of like sabotaging that alcohol sting operation that uh, we did uh, Thursday evening that was uh, down in Nashville, Tennessee. What did you do? Okay, well, I found out on the Internet that the Underage Drinking Enforcement Training Center was holding their annual conference, and the parasites were planning to go around with the Metro Nashville police and watch them and trap and arrest bartenders and cashiers. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I contacted some libertarian types down in Nashville, and they held a protest, by the way, but they said about 10 people showed up to protest outside the hotel. But uh, also, uh, people went calling up liquor stores and taverns and such. To and giving them a clue. Warn them, warned them that, I uh, thought you might like to know that the Metro Nashville police will nice. be conducting alcohol sting operations on August 21st from 6 p.m. to 8.30. That is You're a brilliant South- idea. Yeah. Pick up it's the phone, make a few calls. That's not hard activism, and it could really keep it could keep somebody out of a jail cell. Yeah, and not only that, but remember, if they get busted on a sting operation, some of them actually check the ID and just forget that uh, you know if it says 1987 for their date of birth, and it's like September of 1987, they're under 21, and uh, they they get not only get arrested. Then they lose their job because they get and they get fired for right. cause, so they can't collect unemployment. Which, uh, I went around uh, emailing a lot of uh, bureaucrats and politicians, uh, proudly announcing uh, during the sting operation. I sent out the emails proudly bragging about how we sabotaged uh, the <laughs> operation. Oh yeah, now they're going to against the law. Did anyone write you back? Uh, uh, oh, I got some autoresponders, but I think they were just so furious. Yeah, that they were. It. And that then, Too bad of course, for them. I went on to mention some people who were like 18 and 19 that got killed by repeat offense drunk drivers in their 40s and 50s. I say good for you, and, Tom. I think that was some great activism you did. You probably helped keep some people safe over that particular uh, time frame, and I, and I thank you for the call. Sabotaging an enemy. Good idea. Sabotage. I like it. And it, so what if they outlaw it, Mark? He's in New Hampshire. What are we going to do? I understand. I, I'm just saying that that's, <laughs> that's going to be their only answer to these things. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Paul? Paula is on the line in Florida. Paula, you're on Free Talk Live. Paula. Hello, Paula, going once. Yeah, hi. You're on the air. I just want to let you all know we found out that all of our B-17s are down due to the computers from China or the chips and all that in them. 
Oh, this is something you called about before. Didn't you say that China has some special uh, little computer hacker thing that can, like... No, it's what they do. They have a back door to all their chips. Right, right. So so a computer hacker in China can shut down every piece of electronic equipment in the United States, right? Yeah. Is is, is there any chance that you're talking about a B-52? And thing Paula, too. Paula, before you go on, is there any chance that you're talking about a B-52? Because a B-17 no, was a... the B-17s. It can't be a B-17. What is a B-17? In Tom's press, and they can give you the story. <laughs> that sounds real credible. Uh, the, the, first flight of the, B- right. the first flight of the B-17 was on July the 28th, 1935. <laughs> well, we still got B-17s. No, we don't. I swear, we don't. They're, the only B-17s that are flying in the United States are flying in air shows. Well, it's a, it's not anymore, a, it's, Mark. It's probably a B-52, Paula, which we, we're well, certainly I'll, I'll flying I'll check at. back with him. He said B-17, but I'll, I'll check back Somebody with just well, made a mistake in, somebody in the, the Somebody at the end times press doesn't know what the hell they're talking about. Well, come maybe, on. It could have been... It could have just given the wrong information, but anyway, I just thought, you know, I'll, I'll relay this, but the yeah. thing is, is that... Why is really it, Paula... Scary. Yeah, I see where you're coming from, but why is it that they won't just... Uh, I mean, if China wanted to, couldn't they just threaten the United States and say, they give us have. all your money, or we'll shut down everything? Thing. They already have. And what happened? They, they brought China, they brought Air Force One down in China when uh, Cheney was coming back from Australia. So they, they captured got, Dick Cheney. That's awesome. Yeah, they got control of Air Force One because <laughs> it had their. their Why had, didn't they, they keep him? Why did they have they, to give him back to us? Let me finish. They brought him down in China. Yeah. And they threatened him, and they said, "You mess with us," and they said, "We will shut you down." <laughs> They own us. Thanks, Paula. More on the way. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever is on your mind if you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Again, that number, 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. If you like Free Talk Live, what we're doing on the show, and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then become an amplifier. Just go to amp.freetalklive.com. Get on board for three bucks a month. That's all we ask. And what we do with the money? Well, we reinvest it into the show. We get on more radio stations around the country and more internet listeners come on board because of the AMP program. So it's just a great way to get the message of freedom out there as quickly and efficiently as possible. Go to amp.freetalklive.com to learn more. Get the perks, too, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. All the details are at amp.freetalklive.com. By the way, I got an email today. I don't know if I for- I think I forwarded it to you, Mark. We are still on an American Samoa. Yeah, I um I, I saw that. Yeah, I'm I got just... the details now on it. 89.9 down in American Samoa only on Saturday nights cuz it's apparently a pirate station that only flips on on the weekends over there. Yeah, I, I I don't even know what to say. That I, is it really a pirate station in American Samoa? I mean, it's a it's just a legitimate station there, right? No, the FCC licenses stations out there. Do, do they really? Yep, I checked it out. Okay, all right. I, I don't I don't don't know what to say about it. Yay, go my station in American yeah. Samoa, eighty nine point whatever, out in the middle of the Pacific. I, you know what? It's, it's really nice because uh, actually, you know, we come on what three a.m. there. I think it's I, I don't know. three a.m. Uh, local time in American Samoa, and uh, you know, it's it's a good show for the long haul truckers in on American Samoa to uh, listen to. Would it be three a.m.? I don't think so. 
Is it that much farther west than Hawaii? Ian, um, the important and operative part of that little joke was long-haul truckers in American, American Samoa. Samoa. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. That's oh, why okay. you're not funny. Yeah. Well, I wasn't really paying attention. I know. Right. All right. So we go to your calls. Nick in Kentucky, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Nick in Kentucky. What's up? How you doing? Hey, you're on the air. What's up? I wanted to uh, tell you a quick uh, observation slash joke and then uh, tell you a really fun, uh, crazy story. All right. To it. Uh, the, first th- the first thing is uh, I was watching this uh, sci-fi movie, and I uh, just thought it was kind of funny because these uh, these people, these government people, were coming in and raiding their this lab that they had. And uh, the guy looked at him and said, look, how long is this going to take to get us back running? And he said, well, you know, they're bureaucrats. You know, if they jumped out the window, it would take them a week to hit the ground. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. Yeah, I thought that was awesome. So the other thing is, um, let me bring this up real quick. I want to read you a story that was uh, I have from the AP News. I thought it was really crazy. Here in Kentucky, it's local news. All right. I'm going to read it to you. It's uh, this woman sent to jail for wearing shorts to court. Wow. Yeah, so check this out. It's a really short little thing here. Lancaster, Kentucky. A judge in Lancaster sent a woman to jail for wearing shorts to court. The Lexington Herald leader reported <laughs> that Gerald District Court Judge Janet Booth reminded 28-year-old Christy Arnold of Lancaster on Monday that she had been warned about inappropriate attire in two previous court appearances and fined $50 the last time. Arnold said she forgot. Booth didn't buy buy it and ordered Arnold put in jail for three days for disregard and disrespect for court proceedings. Wow. The Herald leader reported Arnold declined an interview Thursday, and the judge could not be reached for comment. Imagine that. And it says before being taken to jail, Arnold Arnold told Booth that she wouldn't be wearing shorts to or she'd be she wouldn't be wearing the shorts to the court the next time. So, that is a jail uniform. Wow. Uh, you know, it's interesting that here in uh, New Hampshire, where we've got a whole bunch of activists up here, and if one person goes to court and announces the fact they're going to court, there are at least going to be 10 people that show up uh, in support of them. And, and we never stand up for the judge. So I'm pretty sure that's considered disrespecting the court. Uh, well, but they don't ever do anything to us over it. Right. So if, if, power they did, numbers. if they did that um, to, to a woman here in, uh, in, in Keene, New Hampshire, I can assure you that Ian would show up in a pair of Speedos. <laughs> That'd be funny. Well, that's 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 kind of what well. I was going with too, because my wife is actually going to uh, to uh, court on Friday for a ticket violation or whatever, and uh, we had already gone through the uh, Mark Stevens and 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 kind of set up some questions to ask and some things. Oh, really? Uh, and so yeah, and so I really wanted to go in with her and not you know stand for the judge. And then I heard this story you know this week, and I went, wow, if they can do if she, some judge can do that. You know, I can imagine if, you know, I don't stand for the judge. And this is a really small little town, so, right. you know, it kind of scared me. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's what they want to do. You know, they want yeah. people to be scared. And I'd, I wouldn't blame you if you backed out because, again, you're all by yourself. And if there's nobody else to, to help you, if there's nobody else to speak out about your situation, then they really can do whatever they want. I mean, basically the way it works is the the men in uniforms carrying guns – believe that the man in the black robe is the all you know they that they know all and whatever they say goes they are the law to the men with guns and so anything the man in the robe says the men with guns will do they will do virtually anything any sort of order that comes out of that man's mouth so even if the cops think the uh, order is absurd or ludicrous they'll go ahead and follow it because that's their job so all right i got and i got one last joke before i leave yes sir go ahead anyway i saw this uh i was watching the tick and, the uh, cartoon <laughs> version or the live action version? The, the live action version. Well, okay. Patrick Wilburton. Anyway, he comes in there and uh, the judge uh, comes up and he says, you know, he's never been in a court before. And he looks at the guy and says, 
why is that man wearing a dress? <laughs> and, uh, he said, well, he's, he's the judge. And, uh, and the judge said, I find you guilty. And he said, well, I judge you, and I find you funny. <laughs> anyway, it was just kind of silly. But anyway, all right, but that's it. Thanks so. for the call, Nick. Appreciate hearing from you. And good luck if you decide to uh, do any of that Mark Stevens Adventures in Legal Land stuff. Let us know how it goes if you do. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. Let's continue. Alex in New Jersey. You are on, you are on Free Talk Live. Hello, Alex. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Well, uh, how did you fare when you wore a uh, a robe to that canning, that Russell canning uh not so well. The uh, video is on freekeen.com, and it's on the Freekeen U- – I think it's on the – no, it might be Glorious Coconuts YouTube channel. But anyway, uh, it was posted over at freekeen.com, and it was myself and another activist here, Menno. We both went with robes on to try to get into the courtroom, and they basically said that if you don't wear a robe every single day, then it's a costume, and you're not allowed to wear costumes in the court. Now, neither of us were willing to push the issue in that we were not willing to, uh, you know, continue attempting to get into the court to the point where we were going to get arrested. I mean, because it is essentially their court. They said no. And they can, they have men with guns who will keep you out. Uh, so they said no. Uh, I said, what about a religious uh, exemption? They, you know, ignored <laughs> me. And you know, we were talking, with, I was talking with Dave Ridley from the Ridley Report. He was actually visiting over here uh, this weekend. And we were talking with him yesterday when we were hanging out at our little social Why didn't you just tell them, I wear a robe every day? Well, that would have been a lie, so I don't know. I just didn't feel like pushing it. At that point, you know, prove that I don't wear a robe every day, please. I I didn't feel like pushing it at that point. I I, I had good rapport with that particular cop. That's just the question that somebody out there is asking themselves right now. Yeah, and so... So I was talking uh, with uh, with Dave Ridley from the Ridley Report over the weekend about – Dave was talking about, well, can we get more than one camera into the courtroom? Because the the rule in the courtroom here in Keene is that there's no more than one camera allowed. So if two news crews show up wanting to record something, yeah, the judge share. will tell them you have to share your footage. Only one camera allowed. And Dave said, well, what would it take to get another camera in there? And I said, well, you it's their court. They're going to keep you out. And he said, well – what if you just kept walking? And I said, oh, well, if you're willing to be arrested, then it changes the situation. It changes uh, the whole dynamic. Yeah, the whole shebang's yeah. different then. So Dave's talking about maybe, I mean, this is one of his ideas he's got rolling around in his head right now, is that if one camera's already in the court, Dave may attempt to enter the court as sort of a freedom of the press issue and really push the issue and not, you know, bow down to them. Just like keep trying to go in with uh, with his camera until they have to arrest him. So. Oh, sorry, go ahead. What'd you say? Just sneak it in. Yeah, you could sneak it in, and that has actually has been done. Uh, so that's a possibility as well. But I think Dave is more interested in actually standing right up and and challenging that issue. You know, basically saying, "Look, I I don't want to share with my competition here. So I'd like to I, get my own footage." I think what's uh, what's really important are uh, hidden personal audio recorders. I yes. think those will be real handy. I uh, I actually just purchased one for my uh, for myself uh, the other day, as a matter of fact. And they're so cheap now. I mean, you can get them for, you can get a professional kind of audio recorder for a hundred to two hundred bucks with a bunch of neat features on it, or you can get a real bare bones one for thirty to sixty. Uh, again, Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, great place to go and and uh, purchase one of those. But what are those devices called? A personal audio record, maybe. Well, maybe voice record, digital voice recorder, perhaps. Try that one. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. yeah, definitely a good idea to have the, have one of those handy. And I think we should get into the habit of recording bureaucrats at every possible encounter. And I have to, of course, then again, 
you have to judge based on how angry you want to make the bureaucrats. I mean, if you don't want to, uh, I mean, if you if you don't want the bureaucrats to be angry at you, then don't record them. But if you are willing to have them be upset about you, then you can literally go around and record every single interaction. If they don't want to talk to you, if they don't want to interact with you, then you don't want, I mean, if they are demanding your presence and you bring a recorder along and then they all of a sudden don't want to talk to you anymore, then they've chosen to not talk to you at that point, right? Like the, like they did with Sam down in Texas. He had the video camera. He wanted to go into the court, but they didn't want to let him into the court with the video camera. Well, you demanded that I be here. I'm not going in and I'm not talking to you didn't work without for my recording device. Thanks for the call. Hour two's coming up. It's Free Talk Live. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. Finalized the contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston. Online, from my desk, with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone, and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam, too. Remember that code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. W-E-B-E-X.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. The Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. You know, Mark, we haven't talked in a while, because I just haven't seen any of the, the cases or stories about it, but about the federal prosecution's for obscenity against pornographers. Remember yeah, how that's been, been happening yeah. kind of here and there? You know, they've gone after the more extreme purveyors of porn, kind of the uh, the violent porn, the S&M style, mm-hmm. that sort of porn. More of the, the, the fringe, I guess you could say, of pornography. That's where they're going to start. Right. Because they understand, the feds understand that if they target one of those pornographers, very few other pornographers or other people will be interested in standing up to defend that. So person. you can make a movie that's all about violence. You can make a movie that's all about sex. But you can't combine sex and violence <laughs> together in a movie. Well, not even that now. They have, uh, as predicted, of course, started moving toward the center of uh, the pornography universe. And this story from xbiz.com. John Stagliano's attorney has officially been served with federal obscenity indict- the federal obscenity indictment that was unsealed by the Justice Department a couple of months ago. This is a, a little bit of an older story, but I looked for an update and I couldn't find one, so it's probably current. Uh, evil angel owner Stagliano, again, John Stagliano, along with his corporate entities, have been indicted on seven counts of violating federal obscenity laws, which includes the distribution of allegedly obscene materials via mail and the Internet. Now, remember, these laws that they're talking about him violating don't have anything to do with Mr. Stagliano distributing his material to minors or people that did not consent to watching his pornography. It's just 
doing the pornography. Right. All of his customers, all of the people that bought, and we'll name some of the movies here in a moment, but all of the people that <laughs> bought these movies bought them on a consensual basis. They knew exactly what it was they were getting into. And the Do you fer- think it's, it's possible that some of them thought that they were, in fact, violent? Uh, oh, th- these aren't violent. These are just regular uh, porn, right? Well, I, d- I don't know what they all are, but l- I'll get to that. And you okay. can judge for yourself. Uh, Al Gerbard, who represents Stagliano, told XBiz that his client's case raises interesting constitutional questions. He said, the charges are what they are. I disagree with them politically and morally. It's a waste of the government's resources, and we're very confident that we'll prevail at trial. Well, obviously the government doesn't feel the same way. They have been doing this for a, a few years now, going after certain pornographers, and I'm not sure what level of success they have had with this. I, I don't know if any of these cases have come to a close. Honestly, I haven't followed them too closely. So if you want to give us an update, maybe you're a porn hound and you, you, know, you, want to, you really pay attention to things like this, I uh, would love to hear what has gone on with some of the previous cases, but it, clearly they think they're getting somewhere because they keep bringing the charges I don't know, maybe they're just expecting to keep slapping people with charges and maybe get them to stop doing their business for fear of continued, you know, possible future charges. Maybe that's what they're thinking is going to happen. Speaking of porn hounds, um, sometimes these uh, uh, these ladies that do these uh, movies will yeah. go and do sort of tours at uh, adult bookshops and, and movie rental places. And sign and autographs, kind of, stuff like that. Yeah, and sign autographs and, and meet people. Yeah. What a creepy, creepy event that must be. Oh, all the weird dudes showing up? And, well, yeah. she's creepy, too. I mean, she's a woman that has sex for money, and she's like, hey, hi, oh, thanks for, you love my, oh, that's nice. I don't know. I'd, I'd Whatever. imagine the guys are a little more creepy. Blah. I mean, I just the whole thing is so yuck. The next step is for Stagliano to be served with the indictment following his arraignment, and they're looking to arraign him in California. The movies named in the indictment are Milk Nymphos, Storm Milk Squirters Nymphos. 2, and a trailer from Fresh, or excuse me, Fetish Fanatic 5. So I suppose a name like Fetish Fanatic, that maybe could involve some violence, but then again, Fetish could be anything, right? So who knows? Likely, Fetish usually means the, the gals in the, uh, the, the squeaky le- um, fake leather. Gavard plans to make a pretrial motion of the court to find what the appropriate community is when relating to alleged obscene works delivered via the Internet. It's a, a good question. Yeah, uh, because uh, all of these legal definitions of obscenity and indecency... It's, it's it, it, you know, obscene hinge. by community standards. Right, well, that's Which what they community are you referring to? The one that I made it in? The one I distributed it in? Uh, you know, uh, the one you picked it up and drove it to? Mm-hmm. What? Exactly. Yeah, what's How the big community? is the community? It depends on how you define it, which is a great question. I mean, the people listening to Free Talk Live are a community of listeners. The people in the areas where our radio stations are that aren't necessarily listening are also a community. Right. Is a community only a geographic area as far as the law is concerned? I mean, what? It, it doesn't just, make sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. So uh, I hope they continue to uh, to fight this, but it should give you a good idea of what the government thinks it's doing. I mean, the guy says he thinks it's a waste of government resources, but the government doesn't care about wasting its resources. It has no, no, there's no finite amount that it has. It can just keep spending and spending. And the fact is, the government has more resources than John Stagliano does. So, I mean, John Stagliano, whoever he this, is, this pornographer, they have, they have more resources than Bill Gates. Right. This pornographer can only fight this for so long. He can only keep this up for uh, for a, a specific period of time until his bank account runs dry and his lawyer can't be paid anymore. 
So, right, this is somebody who got in power in uh, some state's attorney's office somewhere uh, who is using their position. This is a Fed. This okay, is a federal fine, thing. Fed, whatever, uh, you know, U.S. attorney, whatever position, they're using their position in order to push their moral beliefs. And that's not what the government is supposed to be about. It says here in the story that apparently another attorney had fire, filed a similar motion, again, asking for the definition of the community. Uh, when, I guess, another, people, uh, another group, Extreme Associates, was under fire by the feds. Gelbard says he expects, judge, or excuse me, expects another attorney to be involved on their defense t- team in some capacity. The courts have not definitively ruled on the identity of who comprises the Internet community. They won't. I mean, why, why should they? In today's world of technology, especially how it relates to the Internet, this obscenity prosecution creates a lot of issues before we even get to trial, including defining the appropriate community as it relates to Internet material. He also plans to make a motion that obscenity laws are invalid on their face. He says the interesting issue here is they feel they can prosecute for an individual trailer on a website. The Miller test for obscenity requires that you take a work as a whole, so our position is probably going to be that the taking out of context of one trailer out of the entire website can't satisfy that constitutional standard. I don't know. I don't know how successful they're going to be with this. I'm no lawyer. I'm no legal expert. But well, what they want to do is they want to, um, rather than getting the, it w- I would love to hear what the community is uh, it, as far as the internet and yeah. uh, porn and all that stuff defined. However, the judge likely will not do that because it's above his pay scale. However, he may say, yeah, you can't do it on just a trailer and get, you know, like they're they're leaving him a door to get out without having to uh, you know make a ruling on that. Well, there were also two full-length films involved here. Uh, again, Milk Nymphos being uh, one of them. So, what could that possibly? I, I I think I must know what it must be about. But so so again, you can see that they are closing. Uh, they're closing in on more mainstream purveyors. Certainly, I don't think Milk Nymphos is a mainstream porn film, but they're getting closer to the center. They're getting you know closer progressively to the yeah. center, and they do understand that they can bankrupt these people by continuing to bring charges against them. And this is awful. This is sick that this is happening. It's a clear violation of uh, the First Amendment. Well, the First which, Amendment, and, and we should remind everyone that no matter how you feel about porn, and right. I, I can't say that Some I find very upset I can't it. find milk nymphos to be uh, very titillating, but uh, it, you know, the, the idea that you have freedom of speech is protected in the First Amendment. Well, it doesn't. Regular speech doesn't need protection. Normal speech, uh, me talking about how I like baseball, doesn't need protection because nobody's ever going to bother me. The kind of speech that needs protection is extreme speech. Absolutely. And extreme speech would, you know, porn would be included in that. If it's not included in speech, then it's included in press. Okay? So, you know, they, they press these CDs or whatever. And that, as far as I'm concerned... You should be able to talk about those things. Yeah, and nobody was watching Milk Nymphos unless they specifically chose to go and do that. You don't just type in stuff like that on on Google and have a full length video pop up and show. It doesn't to ambush you. anybody. Right, right. So I mean, this when is my just... wife was uh, checking out breastfeeding um, sites for La Leche, uh, she she wasn't um, running across Milk <laughs> Nymphos. Perhaps she did run across some porn sites, but at least she's savvy enough to know what she yeah. was dealing with. So this is just absolutely sad that this stuff is going on here. And, of course, again, the who's going to come to defend this guy besides his attorneys? Who is going to stand up for Mr. Stagliano and defend this man? Well, um, he's not very popular, and they know that. You know, that his, his form of art isn't very popular, and, and, and the U.S. attorney knows that. The toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. Fact is, 
if these if his competitors and the other people in the porn industry don't back up this guy, then they are going to be next, and it's going to spread out, and before you know it, the entire industry will be under attack. And then who will they go after after porn? Maybe Free Talk Live? This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, and they include the Shrine of Female listeners, dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com and see what it's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live's uh, biggest sponsor is Jason Osborne at SACL CAI. Uh, They do collections over there. If you have uh, accounts receivable issues that your company might need some help with or could turn over to SACL CAI, I think they can do a a great job and uh, make you happy. It's SACL CAI, and you can check out their banner at freetalklive.com. We go to your phone calls. Dustin is on the line in Washington. Dustin, listening on Stickam. Hello, Dustin. You're on the air. Are you there, sir? Dustin going once. Dustin going twice. Well, oh well. Try back. 800-259-9231. We are, by the way, again on the front page of StickAM, so welcome to all of our CAM viewers. If you've yet to see the Free Talk Live CAM, you can go to cam.freetalklive.com, and you can listen live there, just like you can listen to our audio connections, but you can see us talking in the microphones and stuff. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. (laughs) Well, people watch it. Let's talk to Andy in Michigan. Andy, you are on Free Talk Live. Andy. Yes. Yes, sir. What's on your mind tonight? I uh, just wondering what you guys thought about. Um, well, actually, let me go back and first say that uh, talking about that controversy that happened over Ian being destructive to the movement or being condescending to political people or whatever. Yeah, I'm a blight on the liberty movement. Yeah, all that. Um, what I'm saying is that you have made me cringe a couple times. And those are the times when you use the words, I don't care. And I think that that's what really pokes at people sometimes when you... That's just my. That's just what I think, because it made me cringe when I heard it. Yeah, I've uh, tried to make a concerted effort to say that I don't think it's relevant instead of I don't care. Which, I really don't care, but, you know, like you say, it's nicer to say it's not relevant. So, I can but be yeah, a little bit nicer. Anyway, going, going back to the other thing, what, uh, what do you guys think of America? What is America? Yeah, what is America? Uh, do you consider yourself an American? I do. I, I do, yeah. too. I mean, Why? I, I, Why? I, what's that? Why? Why? Okay. Um, you know, I was born on the landmass that is, uh, you know, the United States of America. And, and okay, I know, why you, I know why you do, Mark. Ian, why you? Uh, I like the uh, the original ideas of what it meant to be an American. I mean, it, it, the original concept was freedom, at least as I understood it. I mean, that's all what I was told when I was a kid, basically. So that's probably why, as you know, as Mark said, I was born on this particular plot of land. They told me I was an American, and they said that what that means oh. is that you know we love liberty and freedom, and that's what America is all about: is the uh, the opportunity, the land of opportunity, where you can make whatever sort of life you want for yourself. Uh, without having to beg some bureaucrat's permission. Turns out it's not really that way, uh, but that, you know, still, the ideal is nice. Right. How so, about you? Are you an American? Well, I suppose. Okay. Um, Anything else? I don't know. I went off track. Well, I, you know, what I was, I was thinking <laughs> about this this weekend, and I was sort of thinking of the difference. Ian will, um, you know, use, uh, use the term nationalist versus patriot and that kind of thing, and you know, I think in most people's that was, that was how I got into this 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 whole thing was 
I saw a video on a um, white nationalist website, and I kind of considered myself at the time to be that. And you're a white nationalist. More than that. No, no, no. When I was visiting a white nationalist website, when I discovered Ron Paul. And so you were a white nationalist. I might have considered myself to be one. I I know now that I'm not one. Oh, that's good. I just I, I've moved more toward the inside of the fence than than anything. But what does that mean? That you judge people based on their individual actions instead of what group they're? Uh, yeah, I don't. You know what? What do I care what anybody else does if they're not doing it to me? There you go. There you go. So well, you know, where are you going with I'm that? I'm glad point? we had that. Effect, helped to have that effect. Was I supposed to be going somewhere with it? I don't know. No. Um, well, here's, here's what I was saying: is I was uh, sort of judging the, uh, you know, the difference between patriotism and nationalism. Ian will use uh, the term patriotism in a positive manner, and he'll use nationalism in a negative manner. And I, you know, I think most people's definition, my definition of uh, patriotism, is very close. You know, in in isn't, isn't it though? Isn't it intrinsic in the voluntarist position to be anti-nationalism? And and to me, the word America is so nationalist. I mean, that's people identify themselves I don't know about that. I think America maybe, maybe you don't maybe you don't but many people Yeah, do you're right. Americans for the things that government does. True. And I mean that, Americans that's do the real com- problem in this, you know, in this whole geographic area. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, Americans do conflate the term America with the United States of America, and they are two different things. America is the landmass, while the United States of America is the government. And so people who are nationalists support the government. Whatever the government does is America to them, whereas to me it's quite separate. The whole concept of the nation state was never, was never, I'm sure, what what the founders had in mind at all. Well, uh, you know... They were like, Virginia has this, and, and, you know, New Hampshire has that, and New York has this, and, you know, when something comes across the ocean at us, then we'll get together and talk about it. But, you know, other than that, you know, let's just... And that's... I think that's what they were after, but... Didn't work that, out that way. As with government, it always, never works out the way they intend it to. It's always that's bigger... I, always, I, lo- I yeah. love it when Ron, Ron Paul says that this, the sooner people... You know, realize that they really don't like what they're getting. You know, but yeah, I hope people clue in soon. I thank you for the call tonight, Nate. Appreciate hearing from you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I think to some extent, um, you have to draw parallels. You have to you have to create connections with people in order to get them to uh, see your side of of an issue, and. I would say that patriotism as a religion, you know, you know, nationalism, is, and, and, and I'm just looking at it, having the, you know, similar aspects to a religion. You know, they don't know what they like. Why, why do you like America as opposed to Nicaragua? Yeah. You know, what, what, what is the reason? What, what are the reasons here? And I can tell you, I like the colors. I like the feeling. I like the, I know the history. I'm familiar with it. I, I just like those things. Um. But when you, if you were to start speaking out against America, and on this show we can come mighty close in the sense that we speak out against the American government, um, something that's even closer to a mini American's heart, the American military. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so it, it, at that point you're spitting in their Cheerios as far as they're concerned, and you might as well be calling America a bad place if you say, "Look, our military men and women are being used as paid killers for the uh, the military-industrial complex that runs this country." If you say that, you're essentially a bad American as far as they're concerned. 
And uh, again, that's because they conf- they conflate America with the government. And if you could take, if you take one step further, and I'm not, I wouldn't be willing to take this step. I, um, but if you take one step further and say, look, I'm not even an American, and some people have. Some people say I'm a citizen of uh, whatever state they're in, and. That kind inhabitant. Of I'm an inhabitant of right. New Hampshire. Right. You know, whatever those, whatever that terminology is. Or the Shire, as we like to call it here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my favorite part about the Shire is it has its own time. Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah. according to a couple of the people, there's nothing official there. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> if it was official, it'd be officially nuts. Um, <laughs> the, the, I'm terribly sorry. But anyway, uh, you know, if you were to say, "Look, I'm not an American," you uh, th- those people can isolate you in their mind. As you know, you're not mm-hmm. an American. Neither are those rabid camel jockeys that we're killing in the Middle East. So I can kill you, mm-hmm. and they'll kill you off in their mind. Your opinion doesn't matter anymore. So I think you have to draw parallels. And that's one of the reasons that I don't like, uh, you know, abdicating, uh, you know, positions of strength like the Constitution and stuff like that. Toll free, 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. And, uh, by the way, those features include the wiki. Over 1,700 pages created by listeners like you. Just go to wiki.freetalklive.com and see what it's all about and get interactive. WIKI.freetalklive.com. So I was going to weigh myself today for the uh, that, my, my Dexy 20 challenge that I've been taking here. Okay. Not that it's much of a challenge. I just take the pills and <laughs> I haven't changed anything about my life. The challenge um, is to see if it works. I, well, it, it has been working up to this yeah. point. Um, but I, and, and I was going to weigh myself, but you know how you said it was important to weigh yourself the same time every day i usually would weigh myself before lunch well i weighed myself after lunch and uh i had you know gained from the last Mm. time so (laughs) i'm thinking that uh, i probably just ate a great deal of i mean i ate a large sandwich from uh, d'angelo's and um a cookie and get up in you know get up in the morning have your morning pee and then weigh yourself Basically, yeah. I guess that's the idea, and that would be, yeah. you know, that that sort of time frame. I I don't get out of bed till nine a.m. anyway because I, you know, I work late. So, um, you know, and then you know, have lunch at at twelve, and I usually for breakfast have like an egg or or yogurt or something. But uh, I have been losing weight all along, and I suspect I I expect that it'll be uh, continuing. It's you're still down, right? You're not above the uh, level you were at. Were no, you? no. Okay. Um, Dex C twenty. You can get it at Walgreens, CVS. You know, at most major uh, drug stores, or you can go to diet.freetalklive.com. I'm taking it. I know that it works as far as an appetite suppressant. I know that it'll work in the long run, and I, I'm happy with it. So you can feel it working, in that you you don't actually feel like eating as much. Right. Well, that's what uh, th- that's the thing. Is I went uh, for instance, I I absolutely had to have fried chicken yesterday for uh-huh. um, lunch or something like that. And normally for fried chicken, I'd go to Kentucky Fried Chicken. I'd eat four pieces, dark meat plus two sides. Hmm. I ate two or uh, three pieces and one side. It, it just and, and I was happy. I was full. I go. was content. Content and you know it, it works. That's that tangible. Way. Yeah. Yeah. That, All right. that, that's a tangible difference. Let's continue with your calls. Dustin is back and he's in Washington. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Dustin. Hey guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, not much. I just want to talk about the drug war. Certainly. 
um, I was just thinking, you know, the drug war is it's a war just like any other war, and do you think that there would be a, some sort of blowback, unintended consequences? What do you mean by that? Um, well, I just mean that, like, some people view drugs in a religious sense. Like, some people have take drugs like KOD mm-hmm, for sure. their, their religion. It's like the government steps in and it's telling you what to believe, you know? So there would be some sort of unintended consequences, like people would start to turn against the government in some way. Well, you know, certainly uh, I would have to say that my drug use absolutely turned me against the government. I mean, when I was in high school and I smoked marijuana for the first time and came to the realization that it wasn't the evil drug that the government people told me it was, it kind of opened me, you know, opened me up to the idea that maybe everything they told me might might have been false. And so maybe I should question what these government people say to me. And, of course, the other unintended consequence of the war on drugs is their intentions were to stop drug use, but the consequences have been that drugs are, have become far more popular as a, a point of mm-hmm. them being being made illegal makes them more intriguing and more sexy. It's that forbidden fruit aspect that really uh-huh. uh, gets them out there. Yeah, I don't think you'll see, um, like, in the, the sense of a war, there's only one side fighting the uh, war on drugs. Yeah, if there was a real war on drugs, the cops would be dying left and right. Right, and that's, it's not happening. And the reason is, is because, well, the, they're businessmen. They're trying to sell a product. They're not trying to kill cops. There's no there's no benefit in that. Uh-huh. There's no uh, tangible monetary benefit. That That's not what they're trying to do. Um, They'll pay them off or whatever, yeah. but uh, you know they they won't try to kill them. And from a religious aspect, cops are lucky. Let me tell you. Yeah, well, they, they, you know it's, it's an easy war to fight. Mm. Um, and from a religious aspect, you're talking about religions that are usually based around either marijuana or some kind of psychedelic. And mm-hmm. those kind of people, you know, when they experience those things, it doesn't make one religiously violent as much as they might tell you that the assassin comes from the uh, you know you know the Hashashans or whatever in the Middle East. Uh-huh. Yeah, not so much. Um, not even a, it's not even a true story um, that hash and, and assassin you know have anything to do with <laughs> I each never other. Never heard such a thing. Yeah, yeah, that's the that, that's the idea. Okay. Um, well, yeah, like the, the, you would think the main goal of the drug war though is to completely eliminate drugs though, and that hasn't happened. No. Nope. There might be an unintended consequence of that. Well, the that? unintended consequence there is that there are more drugs available now than ever in the past. I mean, there are certain drugs that are an, are actual unintended consequences. The drugs themselves are unintended consequences. Crack cocaine and methamphetamine uh, are two, you know, crystal meth or ice. Those are two drugs that would probably not actually exist if it weren't for the war on drugs. Because the war on drugs put drug dealers in a position where, uh, you know, the price of cocaine so high that they had to come up with kind of a cheaper version for the for the streets an easy to cook up cheap version and that's crack i mean as i understand it uh, people who have made very persuasive cases to say that crack never would have come about had there not been a big crackdown on cocaine in the 1980s well i also think you need like ether to smoke it and and things like that i don't know that that i don't know something would have come along but it may not have been crack but it it doesn't you know it, it doesn't really matter because you know, they, if somebody chooses to do that, somebody somewhere is going to find some drug to mess themselves up on, whether it's legal or illegal. Look at look at people when it comes to alcohol. I mean, there's people that just waste away from that stuff. But, I mean, Dustin is right, though, in that there are unintended consequences to the war on drugs, and it is that more people use drugs, there are more dangerous drugs on the street, and, it's, and it keeps growing. I mean, so they failed on every single aspect of the, of the so-called war on drugs. Any other thoughts for us? Oh, sorry. Um, I was thinking that. Well, what about LSD? It, it can you could anyone could dose anyone 
any time, you know, with that substance. And what's stopping someone from doing that? And we expect these, like, I, we expect these people to protect us in any way. Like, psychedelics could be used in a terrorist sort of fashion. Hmm. You mean like somebody somebody hiding some LSD? You talking about like like poisoning a water supply with LSD or something like that? Thing that could stop anyone from doing that, and the police certainly cannot stop any drug. Obviously, with the drug war that's happening, they people thank God they don't do that. There's nothing they could do. I, I understood, but thank God they don't do that. I mean, you know. Yeah, that'd be a shocker, huh? You go get a glass of water from the spigot and uh, you end up tripping. Yeah, I guess if you're not expecting it, that could be pretty uh, pretty much a shock to the system for most people. Uh, thank you for the call, Dustin. We appreciate your thoughts tonight. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. I mean, the, the war on drugs is a study in unintended consequences. Really, it's just absolutely fascinating to look. It's one of my favorite issues in that uh, it's just <laughs> amazing what has happened as a result of these uh, this prohibition that they thought that they really believed they could stop people. Well, I, yes, they did, and um, I I think that what you're seeing is uh, you know the, the the people are making money off of it, and that's why it's uh, you know not something that is going to go away anytime soon. Which also must have been an unintended consequence. I mean, did they intend to put millions or billions of dollars in the pockets of criminals because that's well, what the war on drugs have, has done? But then don't again, forget the cops. It's not like it was unpredictable. Because they, it's the same set of consequences that happened back with alcohol prohibition. So it's not like they couldn't have predicted what would happen. I, I, I couldn't tell you. I mean, I, I don't think that that was the intent. I think the intent was probably, you know, we don't want people to do drugs, but you can't. Humans are going to do some kind of mind-altering substance or another. Did I tell you what this guy, this politician, a uh, conversation I had with a politician over the weekend, Mark? Did I tell you about that? I don't think so. Oh, man. All right, so there's this political uh, cat, one of these uh, office-running people, uh, Grant, right? Grant Bossy. Yeah, yeah, and Br- Dennis had told us about him the other week, and I actually cornered him at the Live Free or Die Festival here in New Hampshire over the weekend and had a little chat with him about the issue of, well, who's he going to support? I said, I, you know, I'd consider voting for you, but I want to know if the government people start to arrest my friends for being non-cooperative and start to steal their houses and cars from them, whose position or whose side will you take in that particular conflict? And he didn't really want to answer that question, but I did basically get him to to state that he supports the government. I mean, he he's a statist through and through and supports the government. What was well, most through interesting? Through, I mean, he's a small government guy. No, nah, he's he, whatever. That's what he says. But he's a statist. He claims he's for the free market too. But I poked a hole in that one by uh, cornering him on the war on drugs. He told me that marijuana rots your brain. Well, and the other thing he, he told me was that anarchy is tyranny. <laughs> this mm. guy is in the dark. And, man, it was just amazing hearing that. Marijuana rots your brain. Well, sure, buddy. I don't no know. No evidence when, whatsoever when you, for that. You take find control. Difficult, um, finding people to vote for. If, Bring uh, up anything. It's free talk live. He's not getting my vote. That's free. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Um, Again, those features include the updates. You get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop. If you go to updates.freetalklive.com, you'll know first what's happening with the show. That's, again, updates.freetalklive.com. And maybe we should send out another voting update, Mark, because we still need your votes. We've got another handful of days left in this month. 
just less than a week at this point, and we are only ahead in the voting competition by, you told me, 17 votes at 16 last check? 16 last check. 16, 16 last check. So we still need you, if you've not voted in the month of August, to go to vote.freetalklive.com. Please do it for us. It makes a big difference. Keeping us at the top of the charts means more people finding this program and therefore being exposed to a very principled pro-liberty message. So once again, go to vote.freetalklive.com. Though in other Internet outreach-related news, I did up our Google AdWords money, uh, went and increased that by about 50% today. So it went up from 8 bucks a day to 12 bucks uh, per day. Is it working? So, uh, but yeah, people are clicking. They're coming to freetalklive.com through our ads. So Google said we should give them more money, and okay, we can do it. We can afford it. So I did. So do people know that when, once they come that uh, that it's a podcast and that it, kind of thing? It mentions that in the ad. In yeah, the ad. yeah. Okay. streaming, podcast, archives, all free. 100% pro-liberty talk radio, free talk live. So it's working. Our, uh, I, I, I'm looking at our, I look at our downloads, and they're not uh, significantly up or anything like that. But it does seem like uh, you know maybe we're losing some and gaining some. You never know. Yeah, you never things. know about that. All right, let's continue with your calls and talk to Nick in Illinois. You are on Free Talk Live. Hello, Nick. Hey guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Ian, did you uh, call yourself an American and a patriot? Uh, sure. Do you know what patriot means? I uh, do you, it's know, my... do you know the origin of patriot? No, and, it, and I mean, I it, mean, do you do you know where that comes from? No, but it's my understanding that it's do somebody you know that, that no one else around the world uses patriotism in the sense that Americans often do. They 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 use it in the correct original sense, which means uh, nationalist. Uh, the, the I thought there was a something. difference between patriot and nationalist. It was my understanding no, no, that patriot none. means that somebody that appreciates, you know, the original ideals that uh, the the country was founded on, the individual uh, sort of concept concept that uh, one should be free to go about one's own life how one chooses. At least that was my understanding. You're telling me it's a synonym? Yeah, it's it's a synonym for chauvinism, basically. It's it it's never meant what Americans think it's around the world everyone else calls you a patriot when they're calling you a patriot they're calling you a rabid nationalist okay and it seems it seems like a very i don't know for Americans it's it's so pompous to create your own word to describe yourself as a nationalist and then call it different it just seems so uh, it's an American. English word, you know, and I mean, like, yeah, it is we're, an English we're an English-speaking country, in and, England, and it, they it's, use it to it's, be nationalist. it's not, yeah, I understand, but, uh, you know, they, they, they use lorry to describe trucks. I mean, you know, there's one of, one of, one of which is not better than the other, and they don't have a, uh... Do you I, know what we, Patris means? No. What's it mean? Fatherland. Okay. Well, let me point something out. I don't label myself as a patriot. I only uh, used it because well, we were cornered. As an American, right? Somebody, somebody a- asked us specifically to answer that question, and I went ahead and accepted that uh, that terminology. And I do have the dictionary in front of me. And yes, you're right. Number one is uh, a person who loves, supports, and defends his or her country and its interests with devotion. That certainly sounds like a nationalist. But definition two is a person who regards him or sel- himself or herself as a defender, especially of individual rights against presumed interference. Interference by the federal government. So I would, I mean, certainly and I would fit too. an American too. definition, yeah. not a worldwide definition. Hmm. Because Americans often like to separate themselves from everyone else because of an inherent American exceptionalism within 
most of American society. Mm-hmm. So do you? But you also described yourself as an American, right? Now, before before you go with this, I mean, I, I kind of see where you're um, where you're headed. And the um, did you hear what I said about drawing parallels and trying to convince people? Do you think that it's possible possible to be so iconoclastic that you just simply can't make a point to anyone else? Oh no, I don't care. I, I know. Quite frankly, I, I think that I, the United <laughs> States is is a lost cause for everyone. If See, now, uh, we had a uh, radio... St- up this entire continent, we'd all be better off in the world. There you go. And, you know, that's the thought process that it simply is not going to go anywhere with the vast majority of people. Of uh, Americans. Of, well, those are the people... We speak English. Do you remember that? I mean, you know, we... You we're... speak English. I speak Italian, French, Croatian, Farsi, and Arabic. Okay, great. Uh, I, I speak... English and I do am on uh, 40 English speaking radio stations. Yes, my audience is basically American. I certainly have a worldwide and you know who audience. Else speaks English, Australians, New Zealanders. We got some of those. British, we have a some lot of those. people in Europe. Yeah. And most of them laugh at the people in the United States who call themselves patriots. Do you think that I laugh at people that call, um, call trucks lorries? No, but see there's a there's quite a difference there. There is no ideology in between lorries and trucks. There is an ideology when you start talking about patriotism and fatherland. It's called nationalism. I understand. But, but, but nationalism is involved in patriotism. No one's arguing that. But I don't think that... Uh, I don't think patriotism. that the... Yeah, I, I, I basically agree with that um, as far as the definitions go. But I don't think that uh, anybody in any other country is laughing at our use of the term patriot to mean... I don't use the term patriot. I, I, it rarely comes up on this show. American, right? And you said that you like the origins of what the Americans were found on, meaning a lot of times what people mean by that is they like the origins of the United States Constitution, all of that. Why? No, I like the ideals, uh, not necessarily. You like the ideals, but yeah. do, you, do you realize that the men who kind of founded the United States Constitution were basically doing it to kind of increase the size of government, to yes. put a government in its place. I didn't say anything about the, the government. The I, uh, the no, I didn't say, them. Nick, I didn't say anything about the government and the founding of the government. I just like the ideals behind uh, the, the, the country in that people wanted to get away from control. They wanted to get away country, from the king. Yeah. They wanted to they uh, be to more away. independently free. That's at it least that what I was to told. They wanted from the king. They wanted to be colonies. And then what the United States was founded upon was either getting away from the British and creating their own um, large state or just having some more autonomy for which their states could create more laws that were even more stringent than the um, kings were in some cases. Yeah, you know, this is kind of like what Mark says when when Mark – hang on a second, Mark. Uh, It's kind of like what you say, Mark, when you say you feel you like the colors and you like the flag and all that. It's not because of any logical thing. It's just, uh, you know, the feeling that you get. And I'm not talking about the founding of the government, and I'm not talking about the, you know, the issue of why they started a new government. I don't care about all that. What I understood was that it was more of an independently-minded thing where people wanted to be able to live their lives free from out from under the thumb of a ruler, the whole idea that everyone was a sovereign. Those are the uh, the ideals that I liked, and so I well, see how course, you're trying to poke you, holes in that, you, and you, you, like, you know, you're you making like sense. Shays, you like the people that were doing Shays Rebellion, the Whiskey Rebellion, all of whom lost to the Americans. Well, those are, um, we, we generally don't go into Shays Rebellion and the Whiskey Rebellion because well, most Americans don't know what the hell they are and try to explain. Um, I don't really know what they are. Yeah, well, that's, because, that's because they, the ones who wrote the history, wrote them out and wrote their 
entire lives out. That's that's just why that's just the same reason why white Americans white Americans that aren't uh, Catholic don't really care about the genocide of Native tribes. They don't really care about black slavery. Whenever I mention this to anyone who likes the Constitution, they go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But they still love the Constitution. They don't care that in the Constitution blacks were defined as being three-fifths of a human being. They don't care about that. They don't care that there were genocides. They don't care. All they care is if they were affected. Now, Nick, their people. Uh, and that's because they have the illusion that they were a part of the wealthy lawyers, the tycoon generals, the banking lobbyists, the professional bureaucrats, and the privileged Anglican clergymen Nick, who would never die in a famine. I agree with no. you. I, I agree Only with 90% of what you've said. 90% of what you've said here, maybe even a larger percentage of that. I'm just pulling that number out of the air. But what I'm hearing is vitriol. And your vitriol is making me probably feel like m- many of our callers on Saturday nights feel when they hear what we say, which is upset and you know angry and all those things. And I, I understand what you're saying, but I, I don't think it's a position to uh, convince people from. And the but question, when you go home, the, the question tonight. that I, yes, people will think some people will think about it and some people won't. Um, I, I'll tell you, my position will be solely crafted by what's going to sound good on the air. So whatever you're saying, whether it makes sense or not. It doesn't matter to me. One of the definitions here of American is inhabitant or native of the Western Hemisphere. So, I mean, we're really talking about words that have multiple accepted definitions. You're still talking about that. I have a question for Nick. Okay, go. Nick, one of the first things that uh, you'll you'll get in a conversation, if you can get this deep into it, is if you don't, um, you know, they'll ask me, if you don't like America, why don't you leave? And you said you spoke a bunch of different languages. I want to see it. Burn to the ground. <laughs> Thanks, Nick, for the call. All right, 800-259. That's a helpful position. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to win anybody over. 800-259-9231. I don't leave because I want freedom, and I want and freedom here. A, I think this is a better place to get it. Yep. And, uh, you know, American, I'm okay with that term. I don't call myself a patriot. I don't really call myself an American, but when nailed down, why not? It's just a word, and it's still accurate. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want if you dial in toll-free to 800-259-9231. As we launch here in hour number three of the program, it's Ian here with you. And Mark. Again, that number is 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free on the site, so enjoy them on us. Again, freetalklive.com. People are calling in to comment on the last gentleman that uh, called in in the second hour of the program, so to bring any of you up to speed that might happen to be just tuning in, uh, Nick from Illinois called a few moments ago to hold our feet to the flames on, or maybe me specifically, calling uh, ourselves earlier, accepting the terms patriot and American. A, a gentleman had called earlier to ask, you know, do you consider yourself an American? And I said yes, because I like the ideals that uh, American, uh, the, what I, when I hear American, what, me, what that means to me is somebody who is, you know, in line with well, the ideals of uh, the, the original I'm concept an, of the country. I'm an American in every sense, except the, I don't, you know, I, I, I don't subscribe that the government is America. I don't believe that the, yeah. I believe the government has gone off the rails and betrayed America. I'm an individualist. Uh, I am a, a free marketeer. I'm a voluntarist. Those are the terms I call myself. I don't call myself an American or a patriot, but I'll accept those terms because I do understand there are certain definitions that do uh, apply to me. 
I mean, I, I don't agree with all of the definitions of American or patriot, which is probably one of the reasons why I don't use them frequently for myself, if at all. I don't. But if you're going to ask me, are you an American, then I'll qualify that statement by saying, yes, I'm an American in that I am an inhabitant of the Western Hemisphere. Right? Well, I love America, and I love what it stands for. I love the, the ideas of the country, those, what it stands for in my mind. Um, you know. And not the ideals of slavery. No. Certainly that was one of the you ideals. Know, yeah, That's not... I pick and choose which ideals right. about America that I like. I don't like essentially what's going on as far as imperialism or hegemony or whatever the, you know, the term is, is that we're taking over the world. But I do like that uh, we have a more free economy than most countries here and that we have uh, – you know the, the the ideals of freedom are looked up to in this country. When someone calls, when someone hears us talking about the you know the voluntary society or uh, you know just liter- liberty in general, and they say or they call up and they say something like, "Well, you're a real patriot." I accept that as a compliment because I understand that that person is is making a uh, is they're differentiating between a nationalist and a patriot. And I understand that Nick says they're exactly the same, but there are two definitions of patriot. One of them sounds like nationalist, and the the other one sounds like the one I was talking about, uh, and that again, that's somebody that has a, a real appreciation and internal love for individualism and voluntary interaction and the ability to make one's own life for, for oneself without, again, having to bow down to some bureaucrats or a king. The ideal was, as I understood it, and I know he's saying that a lot of the people that made the con- Constitution wanted to create a new government and rule over people, and I don't doubt that. I know that's true. But the other ideal was that there were supposed to be 300 million sovereigns, that each American was supposed to be a sovereign. The idea was to get away from the one sovereign and have a whole bunch of sovereigns. And that's an ideal I still agree with because and I'm an individualist. I also think that when you talk to people that it, it, you have to, A, come off, come, come off as not being full of hate and vitriol. And unfortunately, Nick, uh, you know, that, that's, that's how he's coming off to people. Maybe that he motivates too friendly. Yeah, maybe that motivates some people, but then, you know, the, he ended this call with a very dramatic, I want to see America burn. Yeah. And you know, I thought I was an iconoclast. It was right. It's it's good talk radio to to have Nick on and everything. <laughs> However, it's a bad way to convince people over to your side. You have yeah. to build bridges. You have to b- make connections. And uh, you know, I, I I don't see you're making much progress. Let's with see that. what you have to say about all this and talk to Dave in Montana first. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Yeah, I'd like to comment on this. I think first, just as they control us with money, they control us with language. And uh, I think what people are mixing up with American nationalism and patriot, I think it goes to the Declaration of Independence. The Constitution really is something that the Declaration of Independence goes after, that, that this Constitution grew into a monster that crushes the creed of the Declaration of Independence. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it goes back to... Uh, like the the opinion is like we we are we have certain unalienable rights given to us by our creator by nature by the self evident fact there's self evident there's a self evident truths to humankind and the guy that called before me on the other hour he hit one of them like I think the Constitution was null and void. The moment they decided black people was four-fifths of a person, and that was only to control people. See, right then and there, they null and voided it. And, and like you said, too, the Whiskey Rebellion, George Washington at the time was the biggest distiller, and then all of a sudden he wants to put a tax on 
rules so he could be the only one, a monopoly. And it keeps on going, just like the monopoly on hemp. Like, during Prohibition wasn't really because they didn't like us getting drunk. It was because the alcohol was going to be a fuel for people and independence, and, and farmers could make alcohol, and they took it away from us so the oil people could get their monopoly going, and then, then we're off to cellulose and all the good stuff that we could be growing for good, you know, nature and the environment. But it's, it all goes back to them self-evident truths that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator. Once man starts giving you laws, man could take them laws away or give them back. But the ones we get from our creator, from nature, from the self-evident truths that he was talking about, like, all over the world, people know this, you know, but we, we let, I, I compare it to, like, the difference between the Jews and the Christians. You know, they, the, they, they hard, the Jews hardened their heart towards love of God and love of everybody, and it took Jesus running into that temple and saying, no, man, this ain't the way to do it. We love everybody, man. It, it's beyond that. See, the, the Declaration of Independence goes beyond nation. And I do like that. I certainly am more of a fan of the Declaration of Independence, I think, than, than the, uh, Constitution, the Constitution. And I, I would agree with you. Yeah, no doubt about but, it. And that's that's what's going on. And the nationalists are going to sell out our freedom. Oh, they, they've they done sell that. out freedom. They sell out freedom. Right, because, because their priority their is the nation. Right. And, and it says right here in the Declaration of Independence, it, it comes a time when these bands got to be broken because you guys... Are, are are ruling over us like tyrannical monarchy bastards. Yeah. And I want to spit in your face. Instead of doing that, I'm going to just, you leave me the hell alone. But no, they got guns now. If you don't pay them your dues mm-hmm. and you're not happy being that, that American, <laughs> then, you, then you go to jail. No way. No way. It, it comes down to freedom. Sure does. Because where freedom is, that's where the creator is, and that's where love is. And then you start talking that, then people freak out because then that means they're going to have to give up some of their greed and selfishness. Well, there's nothing wrong with being selfish, Dave. I mean, everyone well, is that's, selfish. That's what our, econ- uh, our economy grew into, debt. That's selfishness, man. The, that Debt they, is just stupid. Debt's just everything. stupidity in most in most parts. It's just well, uh, financial I, ignorance. D- Dave's saying that uh, freedom allows a spiritual transcendence into an area that's above, uh, you know, g- greed. And I, I I would say that to, that's absolutely true because freedom allows abundance, and in abundance, many people find a great deal of uh, generosity and charity in their heart. Whereas yeah. when uh, somebody's you know having taxes and money and all you know all kinds of money taken away from them in taxes. It's difficult not to live in a lack mentality, and when you have a lack mentality, you don't um, have charity in your heart. Right, just like this drug war thing. If they legalize drugs, the freedom that that would give people, we'd get rid of all the moron idiots, man. The, the one they'll go out and overdose overnight, and they'll be dead and gone, and we'd be gone with them. And then <laughs> that would put up a fence of fear of drugs, and nobody would touch them again. But no, well, they keep it going. 
they keep it going so they can make billions of dollars under the table and, and fund more uh, covert wars and more evil. I'm with you there, Dave, and I thank you for the call as always, sir. 800-259-9231. My only point on the selfish thing, Mark, is that everybody does everything because of selfishness. I understand and what you're saying. People and People don't understand the difference. They've been sort of taught that selfishness means you don't give to others, but selfishness means that whatever you do is you're doing for yourself. So that means I can give to others and still be selfish because I like the way it feels to give to others or I like how people smile at me when I give I to them. I think everybody or, uh, likes that. And I think that, but I think that what Dave was saying was uh, you know uh, there were there were inside what he was saying some really profound spiritual truths and I you know that's what I was trying to put. I don't I don't I don't disagree with the intentions of what Dave was saying. It's just that when I hear people reaming on the term selfishness, I think it deserves to be redefined. Redefined more on the way. It's free talk live. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Again, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, and they include live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version, both free for you, so enjoy them on us at freetalklive.com. Are you remodeling your kitchen or bathroom? Well, now you can purchase knobs, poles, and faucets at wholesale prices and support a business that supports Free Talk Live. Internobs.com. Save 10% on your order if you use the code FTL when you check out. That's internobs.com, I-N-T-E-R-K-N-O-B-S.com. Friendly service and wholesale prices for knobs, poles, and more at internobs.com. They really do have every uh, quality. They have the highest quality. They have the largest selection you're ever going to find. And, uh, they, you know, they, they have the cheapest too. And Peter's a uh, pretty pro-liberty dude, from what I can yep, tell. Yes, Maybe more so is. than you, Mark. <laughs> Probably. He seems to agree with you a lot. <laughs> All right, let's continue here. Uh, so let's uh, continue this discussion that we've been having about patriotism versus nationalism, American. What's it all mean, and what do you think? We go to your calls. Matt in Illinois on the amp line. You're on Free Talk Live. Good evening. Hey there. Okay, um, I want to address some of the uh, semantics that my fellow Illinois and Nick uh, was talking about. Um, what I wanted to point out was uh, when you're using a word like the word patriot, and it has more than one meaning, what's important is that most of the people understood exactly what what you meant when you said you were a patriot and what other people mean when they call you a patriot, and that is that we're sticking up for liberty and uh, the ideals that the country was founded on, the freedom ideals, those kind of things. Yeah, individual sovereignty. That's number one for me. Right. And for him to, to twist that and to say, well, you know, gee, and all over the rest of the world, they're laughing at us. Well, you know, there's a lot of words that we use that are unique to America. That's why they call it American English. For instance, over in uh, England, the word fanny doesn't mean the same thing it means here. The word fanny means a vagina. Really? And, well, that's what my wife told me when she was over there, and she called her a fanny pack a fanny pack that she got snickered at. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, you can understand that there might be some humor taken there. It doesn't mean the same thing there. Well, so 
what? Yeah, and, and it seems like the people around the world get it, too. I mean, when they listen to the show, it's not like they listen for a moment. And number one, we don't call ourselves patriots and Americans as a general rule on this program. It was just that one guy happened to ask if we would accept those terms. So the people that listen to the program aren't just listening in this vacuum. They're hearing all of the things that we're saying. They're hearing our viewpoint, and they're judging us based on our views, not on one particular term that we might accept. Right, and I was kind of uh, surprised to hear uh, to hear Nick not have that kind of understanding. It seems to me that well, he has an agenda he's pushing, and you know, I mean, everybody's well, everybody's got an agenda. It's a pretty sad agenda too. Uh, you know, if you want to see us all burn, and himself included, it sounds like he wants to kill himself and everybody along. With them. Well, there certainly are people that believe that. I don't know that that's necessarily what he was saying, but uh, you know, he, he he wasn't he wasn't making a lot of friends with his position. Uh, no, no, and there's there's a lot of people in the world who feel um, about Americans like that right now. But then there's a lot more, I think, who understand that Americans aren't all don't all think like that. Right, there's, and I think that some of us. To some extent, some of us think one way, and others think another way. And I know that some of them are confounded because of the politics in this country, but so am I sometimes. Well, he's he's playing into the hands of the uh, the, the the very people that he hates the most, um, which are the you know sort of Republican right winger, big uh, you know God guts and guns, uh, you know mom and apple pie kind of uh, Rush Limbaugh bumper sticker conservatives, those kind of people. Um, well, when you say that, you have confirmed to those people that you are a terrorist. You are a bad person. You need to be, you know, taken to Guantanamo. If if he was taken to Guantanamo Bay immediately after he, uh, saying that, I'll tell you that many people on who listen to the Saturday Night Show would that's not what they care yeah. at all. Right. I mean, that's that, that's the confirmation bias. Whereas if you say, no, in fact, I am an American. I'm a patriot. Da, 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 it doesn't it doesn't allow that kind of thinking uh, quite so easily. Matt, any oh, other yeah. thoughts? No, I guess that that about sums it up. Thank, Thank you, sir. Uh, sir. Appreciate your Thank input. You guys for your show. As always, good hearing from you. Eight hundred. You're a great American. <laughs> Stop it. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Now that's definitely pandering right there. That's some pandering. Well, calling everybody that you know, just sort of using that term over and over again. Like I that. don't mind if people call me a great, great American. Like I, you know, it doesn't. That would not bother me. Uh, I do. I agree with you that if everyone uh, called and said that. It, well, it, it, I, I, I'm with you in, in that I don't like all the uh, stroking that goes on. Yeah, I'm just a normal guy who you know has a normal life and all that stuff. And there's, I think that a lot right. of the radio talk show we're hosts, no more great because we talk into a microphone than anybody else is. <laughs> right. You know, who's laying brick. And I think that uh, there's a lot of that uh, that butt kissing that goes on on the air. First time, call, you know, for, first time caller, long time listener. I gotta say, you're a great American. Blah blah blah. Yeah, you're blah, you're, blah, blah. you're the mensch or whatever. You know, uh, you know, you the sick only reason, freak or whatever you know, it is these, that they're saying. Right. The, uh, the those show hosts <laughs> that that just lavish in that. When people when people call in and they just spew that nonsense all over them and they just let it happen, they you know they've got nothing better going on. They've got no real show content of which to speak, so it's all right with them if their callers take up a bunch of airtime by slathering all that uh, wordage all over them. It's just silly. It's the well, same crap every single call. You're a great American. You're a great American. I, I think Dittos, that Rush. I think that uh, there's a, a way, I, in some, to some extent. I think that you have ham ham fisted it a couple of times, and I'm not saying most of the time. I think what most do you mean of the by that? well, um, ham fisted means your fingers aren't very good. You know, you, yeah, it's it's clumsy. What, what are you suggesting? Well, I'm I'm saying that sometimes somebody will come in and say, you know, you're a great American. What's on your mind? 
You know, like it'll it'll be like shut up and go on with your call. <laughs> That's kind of how it feels a couple, you know, a few times. And I'm, yeah. how can how can one bat a thousand? You can't. I, I you know I'm not I'm not trying to say you should you know right. you're a bad bad talk show host. I'm not trying to say that. I'm just, just saying, think of all the extra, sitting over here a couple of times. Think of all the extra calls we've managed to get on the air because we don't blather around with that nonsense. Right. Oh, Verbal first, stroking. I'm a first time caller, long time listener. Okay. Congratulations. And I, I voted for Reagan in 1980, and then in 84, <laughs> 88 I. I voted for Bush, but in 92, I decided to go for Clinton. You know, like, whatever. Yeah. Do they do that, too? They do. Uh, they they list history? all kinds of things. I, you know, I'm a white Christian. <laughs> to prove from, how uh, great of American you know, they are. The breadbasket, whatever it is. That, well, they do. I'm not as good an American as you, but boy, I vote for every Republican there's ever been. I think what they do, what they're doing is they're trying to um, give some facts about themselves mm-hmm. that sort of show where they're coming from. Many, many show times, their allegiance. Right. Well, many times callers will do that. In order to uh, you know just just give a give people a clue, like if I said, "Oh, I'm a Republican that voted for Ron Paul and I moved to New Hampshire for the Free State Project," you've got an idea who I am in the world. Do you understand? Yeah, but I didn't ask you. Let's yeah. go to your calls. <laughs> your Michael in New Hampshire, you're on Free Talk Live on the Ampli. Well, good evening, gentlemen. Hey, dude, what's on well, your mind? You love the show. <laughs> hey, Michael. Michael, when was the, what was the last uh, president you voted for? Uh, presidential candidate. I voted for. Yeah. Uh, you mean that one or? Uh, no, no, presidential candidate. I'm sorry, I, I misstated. Uh, Michael Bednarik in 2004. He didn't win. <laughs> he didn't win. Uh, about uh, about 2000. Harry Brown. Hmm. I don't even think question? I voted in 2000. Yeah, well, now we're You're gonna put bad you on American. We're gonna bring you back here. <laughs> Hang on. 800-259-9231. Verbal filleting. That's what that is. That's what that stuff is. That's the term I was looking for. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Again, that's 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. And if you like the show and want to help us out a little bit, then you can promote by going to promote.freetalklive.com. Lots of different ways for you to get the word out about Free Talk Live. Many of them totally free, and the rest of them, Low cost. So head over to promote.freetalklive.com and utilize whatever methods you think are best to help promote Free Talk Live. And we'd much appreciate that. As we continue with your calls about whatever you want, we go back to Michael on the amp line calling from New Hampshire. You're back on Free Talk Live. Well, thank you. All right. What's on your mind tonight, dude? Well, I, uh, I was listening to Friday night's show, and there was a caller who called in about the movie IOUSA. And uh, he didn't like it, and I guess Lou Rockwell didn't like it either. And I, I wanted to call and give my own opinion and uh, some activism that I did at this movie. wasn't just you. It was a bunch of people, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a, about a dozen of us or so uh, spread out to Massachusetts. Now, th- this movie, um, for those that don't know, it's, it's about the national debt and why the national debt is so high and why it's important why the national debt's important, why, what's going on with the money, and, and 
how it could affect you. And personally, I don't think the movie went into as, as much depth as it should have on uh, things like the Federal Reserve and uh, what will happen if uh, the national debt isn't brought under control, something isn't done about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, nevertheless, uh, my, whole, my whole reason for, for going to this movie was not just to see the movie, but to do some activism, because I knew that the people likely to go to this movie are, are, are good prospects for the Free State Project. Probably, yeah. So myself and uh, probably about a dozen other people, we all spread out to uh, six or seven different theaters in Massachusetts and, and went down on, a, uh, I, I guess you could say, a rescue mission to, to find political <laughs> refugees. Hmm. And uh, after the movie was over, we all handed out Free State Project flyers that I that I customized and that have kind of a generic message on the front and on the back, an invitation with uh, about 20 different websites on it, uh, Free Talk Live, Thank Free you. State Project, Mises Institute, Lou Rockwell, uh, things along those lines. Yeah, places where they can get the whole story about the economy. Exactly, exactly. So that's... That's what I passed out, and the response to that was re- at, at my theater that I went to, in, right in the middle of Boston, next to Fenway Park, mm. uh, response to that was pretty good. Everybody took a flyer, and most of them actually kept it and took it home. Oh, that's cool. And uh, apparently at some of the theaters, I, I was reading about this, that at some of the theaters, it was uh, kind of a mini Ron Paul rally. Yeah, I bet. There was uh, Ron Paul came on the screen and the, and the theater just erupted in cheers. Interesting. And uh, not not as much in Massachusetts, but around the country, I, I, I was reading on some blogs right after right after the movie was over. I was reading on some blogs, and at several places around the country, it literally was standing room only, theater sold out, and all Ron Paul people. Well, Which, you know, uh, Ron Paul's uh, people are very, very dedicated, and, and anything Ron Paul's in, they'll show up to. He's, he's sw- <laughs> you know, he's a phenomenon right now. I think that's great, oh, great, yeah, great it, job, and it's a great, a great example of what uh, just uh, literally a handful of uh, the activists here in New Hampshire are able to to achieve on relatively short notice. And as you say, you only had a dozen people, but you managed to spread out to six different theaters, and and you probably covered several hundred people. Exactly, and uh, that's uh, there will be more rescue missions to Massachusetts in the future, <laughs> whenever whenever the opportunity arises. So what, now, here's my question about the national debt. I, I you know I really don't think it matters because it'll never get paid back, right? I mean, it's impossible to pay back the national debt. Exactly, it, it is impossible to pay the national debt. There's just isn't enough money in existence, and if you, if they put well, more of it, it'll just increase the debt more. All right. the money so actually is, way. is the money debt. Is debt. It, the money is debt that the United States government has asked for the Federal Reserve, um, you know, and, and, and sold off right. these Treasury bills or T-bonds or whatever the heck they are um, in order to get. So, in fact, these the, the, the notes that you hold are the debt that the, the, uh, the, the, the entity called the United States government owes to the Federal Reserve. Right, but the uh, from what I understood, the viewpoint of the movie was that it could be, you know, something could be done. We just need to elect new people to government to, you know, whip them into shape or something like that. And that's that's just not true. Right. Well, you know, uh, they're saying in the chat room, that's a myth. Uh, there is enough money in existence to pay off the national debt. If Jason Osborne I, says I that, it's true. That. But, but you're right. I, I don't think it's important because I, I don't think that we're going to be in a position where 
the politicians aren't going to pay off the national debt. No. <laughs> if you think they are, you're 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 smoking something. You know, it's my understanding that, um, and, and I'm certainly no monetary expert, but it's my understanding that if the debt were paid off, then there would be no more dollars. So you may yeah, be was... able to exterminate dollars from circulation by paying off uh, the debt. But uh, I don't understand how if if they're lending money out, or excuse me, if the uh, if the government is having money lent to it, and there's interest being charged on that, but the money's being printed in the first place by the Federal Reserve then how is it possible they could ever pay that off? I mean, as, as you said, whenever they print more out, it's always loaned out at interest. So as long as they're, out, they're demanding more interest on the money that the, that's being loaned to the government, it's a never-ending interest cycle, and there's, just, there's not enough in existence. I mean, t- there's certainly not enough actual money in existence. The rest of it's all fantasy money on computers, ones and zeros. So I don't, yeah. I don't know if I believe that. You know, they can change the ones and zeros in the computers, but uh, that just means inflation, and uh, yeah. that just causes more problems down the road. Right. There's and, no uh, ending guess- to this. I mean, it's always going to get bigger, and uh, the only way to get rid of the debt is to just repudiate it and to say, okay, it's gone, because the whole thing was was a farce in the first place. The entire money system is, is as you said, Mark, it's all debt. The, the dollars aren't backed by anything, so everything's just a big joke. So we don't owe any of the money. The government people owe the money, but they're already bankrupt and have been bankrupted several times, from my understanding of uh, what uh, some people have claimed about the history of the U.S. government. I'd say they're bankrupt by my definition currently, (laughs) today. If you looked at the government right now, they're bankrupt. Right, and they've been through several bankruptcy uh, processes, from what I understand, in the past. So, you know, there is no end to this. It's just a a gang of people promised, made made a bunch of promises they could never make good on. And so you just, they're just going to have to be let go at some point. I mean, when New well, Hampshire you know secedes, that? we're not going to owe any piece of that debt because it wasn't our debt. It's theirs. Right. Now, you all, uh, you all, I don't think this is going to last much longer. Now, have you all ever heard of the game uh, Jenga? Yes. It's this, uh, it's this game where you have to pull little wooden blocks out from the bottom of this tower and stack them on the top. Right, and the more you so pull out, the more likely it is to like fall. That. Yeah, and I'd say that's it's 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 like a game that's been played quite a bit. It, it, it's teetering, yeah. it's it's being held up with dental floss, paper clips, and everything else. I, they, you know, the, the it should have fallen a long time ago, and it's simply being held up by something. It's being held up by I don't know black magic, but uh, it will fall, and uh, it's going to be pretty nasty when it does. And uh, for myself, I say buy gold and silver. While yep. they're low. Yeah, it's nice and low right now, and I've, I've been uh, lusting after getting some, but uh, you know, having just purchased a house, I'm, I'm kind yeah, of, I'm still uh, getting my finances in order that. as well. Hey, Michael, thank you for the call. Thanks for all that great outreach. Appreciate it, dude. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Just one of the many, many things that the activists are doing here in New Hampshire to you know, help I, get the message out. I kind of freedom. thought about uh, it something similar to what he was doing. Is you know, there's there's uh, people in the world that just sign petitions. Yeah, and I would think if you went and sort of set up a you know did a sort of petition signing thing with for the Free State Project in say Massachusetts or Vermont or I, I had specifically thought Brattleboro Vermont because it seems like a town where there would be a lot of petition signing type people and you just say sign up here for freedom you know d- d- mm. d- don't entirely explain the whole story behind uh, yeah but a lot of people when they sign a petition want to know what it's about they a lot of people what they're a lot of people do then you would explain it to them but there are some people that just come along and sign up and, I don't know uh, if you're gonna get that many people I don't know. I think I, have that, you ever done petitioning before Mark. 
I guess I have. All right, but have I have signed a few. I have done petitioning, and I can tell you that nah, I don't think you'd have too much luck with that approach. 800-259-9231. That's a SACL CAI toll Get a few sign-ups in a day. You've done a heck of a lot more than most people. Okay. Go ahead and give it a shot. See how you do. Thought about it. Let us know. All right. More on the way. Uh, only moments remain. Maybe enough time for your call if you get it in right now at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, and if you like the show and would like to help support Free Talk Live, then shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Entering Amazon through that link will result in a percentage of your purchase going to Free Talk Live. And you get the stuff you need, and we get a cut. It's easy. Amazon.freetalklive.com. As we continue, your calls about anything. It's Video Dave listening to KCAA in California. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jim. Are we making it fine from California to New Hampshire? Sounds yes. good. What's Coming loud mind, and clear. All the ships Amazing at sea. Amazing technology. Mm. Uh, I want to talk about IOUSA. I was the first one that broke the story on this movie about a month ago with a, tele- with a radio show here called Baxter in the Morning. And uh, let's talk money that we can understand. Let's lower this national debt. Let, let's talk about $3 trillion, okay? Okay. We've all got that, right? Well, I don't, have to, I don't know about that. To spend $3 trillion, if you spent $100 million a day, it would take you 86 years to spend it. Wow. If, if you spent, we're talking about $3 trillion. That's right? a lot, yeah. If you, sp- if, if you spent $1 million a day, it would take you 8,680 years to spend it. Mm. So what the idea of the movie was, I got a screening copy, by the way, to answer any questions of how I saw it so early. Got a screening copy of the movie, and I went, holy moly, $56 trillion? I mean, I didn't even have time to do the math to figure out how much I Now, $56 trillion is our unfunded liabilities, and that should be defined to people. The government owes $56 trillion in the same way that you owe the money uh, for your house, for your mortgage. So if you have a $180,000 mortgage, you owe $180,000. However, you're only responsible for paying $1,000 a month or whatever. So, so the government has promised to pay X. Well, some, of the, some of the debt's out in the future. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. You, we, we didn't cover. We didn't cover on this phone call the black projects that run out of Area 51, like building the stealth fighter, mm-hmm. uh, the B2B bomber, and those projects alone are about fifty billion dollars a year, and they're known as black projects. I'm sure you know that. Right? I, I'm sure that the government has black projects. They would have to have something like that. Right. But fifty billion is now a drop that, in the that, bucket. Now that's not part of the national budget and wasn't even in IOUSA because they don't even know what the black projects are. Right. Like the replacement of the SR-71 is a new plane called the Aurora. Now, uh, what is the, the point new, of uh, now? Why are you bringing that up? Somebody's not going to shoot me for that for knowing that information, are they? Well, I think if you search the national budget, you'll see that 15 years ago, the government set aside in the national budget a project that was to be tested out in Area 51 known as the Aurora. I can't imagine anything more boring to do with my time. (laughs) 
again? I said I can't imagine anything that would be more boring than poring over the national budget. <laughs> that, that, that's true, but when we pay taxes, right, the IRS brings in about $5 trillion a year, right? And it all goes so to interest the payments. Caller, okay. The previous caller said that the national budget would never be paid off. You figure if that's $5 trillion, the government will, will skim $4 trillion, and you only have to pay the budget off in 56 years. Yeah, but it's my understanding that IRS that uh, collections, joke, Dave, all go to... I, I'm glad that was, because it's my understanding that IRS collections go to pay the interest on the debt, and they don't actually go to fund the government programs. Do you understand that as well? well to be the well, truth? Right, that's correct. But okay. tell me, how come our senators and our congressmen, if they serve one day... One day, they can get entitlements up to $3 million. Because they make the laws. If I serve one day on a job and they take off, you know, twenty four ninety five for Social Security, when I'm 22 and when I'm 65, they'll tell me to go to hell. I well, didn't work long enough. Dave, I would say so, they're not my senators and mm-hmm. they're not my congressmen. They're certainly not my leaders, and I want nothing to do with them. And well, I thank you for the call The today. fact that they make those rules is disgusting, and I agree with Dave on that. Yep. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's gross, but they make the rules, and that's the problem with make, having people that make rules. And they have the men with the guns ready to back them up. Let's continue with your call. Sean in Pennsylvania, you are on Free Talk Live. Hello, Sean. Sean, Pennsylvania, going once. Hey, how you doing? Hey, what's on your mind? Oh, yeah, I was just wondering, um, with Barack Obama, um, obviously the new shoe in for the White House. I don't know if we're... I mean... I don't know anymore. I mean, it's 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 beginning to look less and less like like that's the truth every day. But go ahead. Let's, well, let's take just, that as a given. I'm just thinking, because it doesn't matter whether McCain or, or Barack Obama gets in. Right. I, I see we're pushing towards a, a big social program in this country. Mm-hmm. Now, whether or not we're... Because right now... It just seems like that the um, Bush administration, with all the new um, laws he had put forth, is, is basically going to help the next president push us into that social direction. It's, more, it's going to be more social control over our lives more than it was when Bush was in. Yeah, I think that's that, how it works. I, right? I think that we could, you know, it would depend on the guy you put in office, um, but clearly McCain and Obama are both uh, going to do what you say, yeah. Yeah, well, that's how it's always worked, right? I mean, one president always builds up the government, and then the next uh, president never repeals anything the other presidents did. They just build their power off of what the other presidents have had for them. So, uh, yeah, I think generally you're right. Yeah, I believe, and and besides, it looks like most, it looks like that most Americans now are going to be way over in debt. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just seems like, like, like for example, the, the housing, the housing on situation. It just there's no housing out there for anybody out there right now. The market is so bad. Whoa! Wait and a minute. Uh, what market are you in? I mean, where see, <laughs> houses are getting houses. Cheap. houses are getting cheaper, and we and uh, more uh, like used houses, uh, pre-lived-in houses. It was up three percent. So uh, it's a good it was, time to it, buy a house. Some good news after many, 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 many months of bad news in, in the housing market. But a lot of people are losing, you know, wealth in the form of equity in their homes. Right. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, isn't it like the debt? Um, by buying a home now is, is it almost like insurance showing you of at least about another four or five years worth of debt that you probably won't be able to get out of. I don't, I don't know. know I, think that that, I think now is the time to buy um, uh, a house. And if, if you're going to buy a house, now the down the time. market is is a great time for yeah, a buyer buy, for the sellers. Buy low, trouble, sell but, high. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure what would make you uh, think that. It's just that the um. 
It just seems like more and more houses are being foreclosed on. Well, that, that's true. Now you're talking true. about now you're that's, talking about people those, with, people, those, those people got loans on their houses back when the bubble was going on two years ago, and the prices were very very high. And they got adjustable rates and the adjustable them, right? rate mortgages, which were being pushed at the time. I I had one. Um, I got it about three years ago, and uh, you know the adjustable rate mortgage, the adjustable rate came due, and it cost a lot. It cost a lot more to uh, pay the pay the monthly uh, debt, and then when you realize, wow. Right. This house that I got a, a loan on at two hundred and sixty thousand is now worth a hundred and eighty thousand. Uh-huh. I don't think I want to pay this right. because I, I'm upside down as hell. So the sellers <laughs> right. are, are in a real bad way, and as you say, some of the owners are being foreclosed upon. But that just means there are more houses on the marketplace looking to be sold off at the lowest bo- possible dollar. So if you get a standard thirty-year fixed or fifteen or whatever you can afford fixed mortgage, then you know exactly what your payments are going to be from here on out, right. and it's a great time to buy. I thank you for the call, sir. Good hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Or, of course, you know, the question is, will it keep going down? Uh, so, you know, you could certainly hold off and see if houses get cheaper if the market continues to, to spiral down. Well, I think I, it's it's uh, what I heard today and um, on the news, and it's it's pretty big news, is that uh, the, the um, used home, I can't remember what the terminology they used, but pre-lived-in homes, um, their sales are up 3% this month. Um, that can't that number can't continue to go up too many months and prices stay in the crapper. So uh, you know this might be where it's where it's beginning to the, you know hit the hit the dip and and head on its way back up. I'll tell you there's some uh, there's some chicken littles out there in the the economic world that uh, certainly don't believe that's true. They may be right, they may be wrong. At some point or another, you're going to be right. The, the sky is falling. I don't know whether that's this is the time, but it would seem to me if you've got to have a place to live. You know, owning is can be a good option, and this might be the time to do it. Let's continue with your calls, Paul in Delaware. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Paul. Hey, Paul. Paul, hey, Delaware. How you doing? Hey, what's going on? Hey, I get to talk to you guys every once in a while. Yeah, it's and, nice to hear uh, from you. Yeah, man. Hey, it's unfortunate they can't call you Manwich anymore because those <laughs> those were the good old days, man. <laughs> no one's stopping uh, you from calling him Manwich. It's just you know that's just we do. It just we confuses just don't do it people. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, man. Uh, it's really good to hear from you guys. But what I want to talk to you about is uh, Obama. Mm, what about him? I know, I, I know you're sick and tired of hearing about this guy, but I mean, we don't really talk about him much on this show. I mean, we just don't talk about politicians. I'd like to hear your opinion on him, though. Go ahead. You got 30 seconds, Paul. We're almost out of time, so go. Okay. Well, Obama. All I want to say to everyone who is hoping on Obama is I can't wait to throw it in your face when you get the same thing that you've been getting because you won't get up off your butt and make it happen. See, cult members need saviors, and I can't stress it enough. You know you're a cult member when you're waiting for someone else to do your handiwork for you or waiting to be saved. So that's all I wanted to say. I'd say you nailed that one. Thank you for the call, Paul. Appreciate it. It has been Ian here with you. And Mark. Back tomorrow night. Join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.